Hey guys, welcome to the Bag Boardcast, episode number 376. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past weeks. Next is The List. That's where we break down the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out August 29th, 2018. Then we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're going to be taking a look back, not just at the comic books from the month of July that we picked up and read, but also the comic books for the month of June 2018 that we read as well. Um, Our recording schedule has been a little bit off, so we are doing a conjoined June and July 2018 monthly look back. Then next week we're doing their their trade and policy for the month of June? Or just the trade trade and policy? policy. Yeah, we... it don't have to be month to month. You know, it's I mean, it like, works out being month to month, but if it if it is, it is. Not hey. You know what? We we have a hard time with calendars and schedules, but you know what we don't have a hard time with? Drinking? Buying new beer. <laughs> and drinking that beer. And Paul and I are gonna be drinking collaboration beers have with two drinking. breweries. Have uh, <laughs> team up. Uh, and this is a team up of Big Ditch and Pressure Drop, which are two local breweries for us. And we are drinking Aqua Buddha. This is a double dry hopped double IPA coming in at 7.4. Very smooth, very mm-hmm. easy drinking. Nice little like fruit on the back end. Yeah, it's almost a berry kind of thing. It's, I, I would say, like a melon. Like mm-hmm. one of those lighter fruits flavors, not. It's very berry, and then you said like a melon. It's very, it's berry or like a melon. You know, one of the lighter fruit fruit flavors. Nothing that's like not a pineapple, not yeah, it's a not mango, a huge, not a huge. Uh, I would say definitely fruity. very. It's got a nice melon. melon kind of flavor yeah. to it. Uh, this is nice. Um, I don't think it's out of this world. I wouldn't like hunt down mm-hmm. try to get another one. But it's definitely nice. It still has a little bitterness on the back end that kind of makes you thirsty for more. Mm-hmm. If pressure drop is on a menu someplace, you know, on a tap list, I'll order it. But when it's in a bottle shop and I, or a beer shop, then I can get anything. I usually skip over it. it uh, they just started canning. And they just started canning. I don't some think of their they've cans, gotten it right yet. No, it doesn't taste nearly as good as what they do when they draft on draft. And we've tried different stuff of theirs here or there i haven't been blown away by anything Mm -hmm. but i'm always looking to try something new from them right but again like i'm not i finally had a beer that i enjoyed from uh uh, new york beer project What? righteous dude uh their double ipa yeah it was it was decent hit it while i was at brickyard so i was doing it wrong Doing it all wrong. You should have had one of the Brickyard beers. Yeah, they, they have a really good uh, fruity uh, pale ale. Uh, nice. I, I forget. I don't know what it's called. But that's what Chris and uh, and friend of the show, uh, not friend of the show, Ed. Scott and Ed. And uh, former producer Scott ordered. And I'm like, I should have ordered what they had. <laughs> Did you try it at least? Yeah. Oh, it was good. But I was the one driving. I got so. to try it. Yeah. I didn't want to order a second beer because the first one I had was 8%. So. Chris. Yes. Are you drinking? I am. Uh, I'm only having one beer today because it's a big boy and I have to work a little bit later. So you got to be prepared for that. Um, but I do have other beers this week that I could talk about. As you guys go through yours, real quick, just to 
mm-hmm. have something to add to the conversation. But this is Founders Barrel Runner. We've talked about this before Ooh, on the show. Yeah. Um, but this is their Mosaic Hopped IPA uh, aged in rum barrels. It's the next part of their barrel age series. Uh, this is the third four pack of it that I have bought. I absolutely love this beer. I plan on getting more if I see it at my beer store next time I go. Uh, I picked this one up because we were just talking about Barrel Runner the other day, and I was like, oh, I should go buy more. Uh, and I drank most of my four pack the other night while Paul and I were playing video games. Uh, plus, I had two other beers that night, too, and I'm not looking back. They were all big boys, they were all delicious. It was a great night. Um, thing i love about this beer is it's so light and crisp but it's very flavor forward i said before it's like drinking a big glass of rum because it just hits you with that just sweet um like dark flavor right up at the very front end um i drank one of the bottles of it and it drinks a lot easier when you're not getting like the full factory presence from it like when you're drinking it out of a glass like you're like oh my gosh this is rum drinking it out of the bottle like it kills a lot of that big alcoholic taste right up front uh, so I drank that bottle really fast and I was like I can't believe I just killed that because this beer is a sipper and that's why I picked up one just for when uh, Paul and I were playing video games because I planned on just you know drinking over the course of the night but yeah don't drink it out of the bottle because you, you don't get to enjoy it as much I've only had it in the bottle, so really, oh, pour it into a glass, Paul. Really let that really let that beast open up. All right, so next time I I I have two more bottles left. I'll pour it into a glass and swirl it. Maybe I'll put it in one of those big old mugs that I have. And it's not selling well, so out here in Buffalo, it's it's still everywhere. I've only sold a case, which is six four packs. In the is it two or three weeks, fourteen ninety nine, same okay. prices. I mean, it's the same prices. Um, Backwoods Bastard. I hate saying it, but I don't even look at price of beer. <laughs> I don't like. I'm like, well, do I, I want do it? If I'm yes. picking up a bomber, like a bomber. I, I have like a limit on, okay. like a four pack or six pack. That I'm, I'm really more flexible on it because I'm getting more beers. A bomber, I'm usually just going to wind up drinking it. It, it. It's bad to say it at once. But I'm going to pour myself a pint, and then I'll go back, and I'll finish right. the rest of it later. So I feel like $20 is kind of my upper level for it. Maybe 25 if it's, like, something special that I know I'm not going to be able to get because it's maybe, like, an anniversary or a collaboration or something. But, that's that's uh, true. With the Eclipse series that I picked up, like, two bottles of, and they were, like, 25 they, bucks yeah, or like almost 30 bucks, bucks for the two. And I picked up – I was going to pick up two. And I'm like, And we decided not to. And then I got a bottle for Christmas one year, and we drank that together, uh-huh. and it was like, oh, this is actually, this is good. This yeah, is this worth is, it. This is the one that we should have got. And then the Black Ops from Brooklyn, which was, was a 20-something dollars. Yeah. And, like, I want to go back to those because they scorned me, yeah. and that's because of the price. You know, but price point didn't equal that. Yeah, but I mean, so I do look at the price. I shouldn't just say I never look at. The we've price been point. buying a lot of specialty four packs that'll run. Oh, thirteen ninety nine to seventeen ninety nine for a four pack Tall Boy cans, and that's in some senses it seems like a lot, but a lot of times wrench seventeen ninety nine, mm-hmm. and that's one of the most perfect beer, <laughs> like yeah. one of the most. Perfect I'll, I'll buy it every time. Yeah, but most of these specialty things, like what we're going to be drinking a little later on, I'll probably never see again, and. 
yeah. probably won't even go back to it. So it's a one-time cost. Exactly. And it's it's always worth trying that. And especially if you've had stuff from that brewery before. Mm. And you enjoy it. And you enjoy it. You're going to say, hey, I'll try this pina colada beer. Like a, well, that's something a I'm, I'm willing to pay, you know, upper, you know, 20s to maybe $30 for would be something from the brewery. Not not just like oh, yeah, the, yeah. the brewery, but like the brewery known as the brewery because I feel like they do put a lot of love and work into those beers. We've gotten burned on uh, I can't remember which one it was. The Autumn Maple. That's the one that we had that mm-hmm. fizzed up after we cracked it. Um, but you know what? I actually I sent them an email. They reached out to me, being like, "Oh, we're sorry." They sent me like a free tulip class. Like it was it was really cool. Like they I made will it right. pay more for their beer now because of that interaction mm-hmm. um, I mean as opposed to something like one of our favorites Ithaca with their um, anniversary series we got burned on so many of those bottles that now I'm going to be like a little bit hesitant to buy the multiples like we used to because we would sit there and we would age the 14 or the 15 like the 16 was the one that every single bottle that we had had been like had been funked up like it and we bought like so many bottles of that beer, and that thirteen, that black IPA, it was like the perfect black Wasn't IPA. Wasn't it fourteen? Was it 14? yeah? That was fourteen. Thirteen was was it the white? Sense. It was like that the white gold. Oh. Yeah. Well, thirteen black IPA that just makes more thematic <laughs> sense, you know. It makes more sense, but unfortunately, they don't they don't think of it that way. They should have. Sorry, Paul. They should Where have. The pull you on as beer beer consultant. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. I was just thinking too because. When you were talking about buying the like the four packs for was like thirteen to seventeen dollars, Sean. <laughs> Cigar City is now selling Tallboy uh, six packs of High Alive, and nice. they're so cheap. I want to say it was like nine ninety nine or something. And I was thinking about picking up, and I was like, I can't because I'm just gonna sit there and just Power drink them because like it's such a great beer and <laughs> that Tallboy like. I, I can see like just drinking one of them and be like, oh, I'm gonna grab another, and then like, yep. after the second one, just being like, that w- that was way too much, way too quick. Well, that's pretty good because we just got Cigar City up here in Buffalo, and it's like eleven ninety nine for, for a six pack, twelve ounce can. So oh, you're wow. you're making out, sir, <laughs> being uh, just just uh, just next to the brewery. It's, you're getting like two beers free. <laughs> I didn't do the math right on that. I, I, I don't know. For every two, you get a free. Uh, uh, yeah, so you're getting three beers for free, plus they give you back two dollars. Yeah, <laughs> you guys need to you know just start coming down here more and play that play that game. Like come down here, buy the buy the highlight, take it back, sell it on the black market. Ah, take it back and sell it. Okay, because I'm like every time we go down there, what happens is we buy all this beer, <laughs> and what we do is we get back to your to the your place. We we go. Should we have a beer? No, we're going to bed. And I'm the only jerk that cracks open a beer at night <laughs> and then cracks open a breakfast beer in the morning. Because uh, well, I, I don't like, have room in my luggage. Well, well, no, that's not your excuse for it. You're saying, like, I'm on vacation. And that's when you pop, that's when you pop the beer at like 9 a.m. You say, vacation, Paul. You open a beer, and then when anyone has their back to you, you go bongos and slap them in the butt. So... Yeah, yeah. You're, Only you're, when you're, you're climbing upstairs, McGowan. Only when you're climbing upstairs. No, it's, it's a lot of times when you're standing in line with you. Dude, oh, yeah. All of a sudden, you just remember. Hey, there's a butt. Bungos. 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 
Anyway, because we're all friends, and that is a social norm that we have allowed. <laughs> yeah. If he said Paul, I feel uncomfortable with that. Even vacation Paul would take it. It would be like okay. Uh, yeah. That and then Paul's constantly finding his vacation girlfriend. Every, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody is like, yeah. you'll sit there and like, oh, that's my vacation girlfriend. Or Caitlin would be like, that's my vacation boyfriend. That man bought me, brought me a huge thing of bacon. I love him. <laughs> it's infectious. And you know uh, what else we love? Vacation Paul is great. Oh, no. <laughs> Not a care I mean, I in the we, world with that man. I, I guess I guess we love Vacation Paul, but uh, oh, so much we love watching movies. Paul. Oh, yeah, we do love watching movies. And we love ranking movies in a very oh, specific way, on a bracket. During the summer movie blockbuster, bracket buster, bagged and broadcast style, number eight, or whatever, number one. I honestly don't even remember the name of this one. Yep. After the first week we started it, I completely forgot. I wrote it down somewhere, too, but it disappeared. The last bracket until the next one. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and uh, yeah, we're we, we've officially, we got all the movies, Paul. We do have all the movies. It uh, wrapped up officially this morning when uh, Box Office Mojo posted up their uh, estimate, weekend estimates for Happy Time Murders. Mm. Uh, the Melissa McCarthy-helmed uh, puppet movie done by Brian, Jim, Henson. Brian Henson, Jim Henson's son. Um, this is a rated R, just wacky comedy. And this is also the lowest opening weekend a Melissa McCarthy Helm movie has ever made with opening up just over $10 million. Uh, not the lowest amount of money earned on the bracket this year. That goes to Upgrade with $4.7 million opening weekend. So Teen Titans Go made just over $10.4 million. So Teen Titans Go is better than Happy Fun Time Murders. It was good. I liked it a lot. It was a lot a good of people movie. are ex- yeah are happy with it, saying it's just funny, goofy, and just let it be, let it, let it, just enjoy it for what it is. See, I'm I'm on Box Office Mojo now just because I was curious, mm-hmm. and yeah, total domestic gross for Upgrade was only eleven million dollars so far, but they also don't have the production budget list for it. That's one of the cool things about Box Office Mojo is they'll tell you like, oh, you know, it yeah, might just be like an approximation, public. but like they. They'll tell you like, okay, well, this costs this much to make. Happy Time Murders forty million dollar budget. Ooh, yeah. You know what though? I think they kind of knew that they had a flop coming because let's think about the. We saw one big trailer for it, but it wasn't in front of that many movies. We saw it. It, I like it was online. literally yeah, just like a week before the movie came out too. It's not something they were really trying mm-hmm. to hype up. There was some internet presence recently on Facebook, but really. There was no big marketing push because they knew they weren't going to make the money back on well, that. Especially the, after that first trailer, there was some backlash about it, and people yeah. weren't happy with it. And like but this was backlash is marketing. Yeah, but this also wasn't the movie that had been talked about four years ago when when it was supposed to be a more crime caper noir film. Where Chris and I were talking about it and how excited we were that it was going to be more of like a black and white crime caper Casablanca kind of story and then you get this wacky raunchy comedy mm-hmm. well, at the same time too like this past weekend I saw a trailer for it for something I was watching on YouTube I don't even remember what the clip was but the advertisement for Happy Time Murders was literally just like Melissa McCarthy Joel McHale Maya Rudolph Happy Time Murders and it was like 
they didn't even show any of the puppets. There's just like quick flashes of the comedians that were in it that I guess they thought people would respond to mm-hmm. the movie. Uh, I think they did one for Elizabeth Banks too, but at no point did they even show like the lead puppet guy. I don't even know what his name is, but like Mr. Puppet. <laughs> you know, just something to like completely undercut that. It, it was just like they were like, right. okay, well, Melissa McCarthy's in this. People like her, like Joel McHale. He's, he has like a band following. Put those names out there. And then that was it. Uh, so the second movie that did worse, the lowest box office opening movie for a Melissa McCarthy movie, also opened this summer with Life of the Party at $17 million. So, uh-huh. And we left that one off the list. No, this, is, well, this was on the list as Was well. it on the yeah. list too? So we had Double two McCarthy, against like huh? Deadpool or something. It went up against uh, either dead, uh, it was screen at the of the... turned off. Uh, Life of the Party went up against Deadpool, yes. Okay. Uh, 17.9 million. So we're seeing kind of uh, the Melissa McCarthy fall off. Like, maybe her star is now fallen. Like, I know Johnny were never a big fan. I don't think... He... Chris was always not a big oh. fan. Yeah, I, I just I don't find her funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's no venom behind it. Yeah, it's not like it's she's just... my arch enemy, like Tyra Perry is. <laughs> I just also he says boo to you, sir. Like, he says boo. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, I'm. I'm not surprised. I mean, this is a very niche kind of movie, though. Right. People are also worried about the other big storyline I, I see coming out of this summer with the box office is uh, maybe Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Is you know skyscraper at twenty five point five million, one of his lowest openings, uh, and also I thought there was another Dwayne the Rock Johnson um, uh, rampage, yeah, the didn't do rampage. rampage, which didn't open, which we didn't have on the list. It opened before the summer, uh, but, but then it had something... the big opening. But it has come back on you know like syndicate like on DVD rentals, and it's done pretty well for them. Uh, but also Jumanji one. was a a huge success. That movie did. Yeah, that was a monster. Uh, that one did four hundred four million dollars domestic, another five hundred fifty-seven million dollars foreign. Like that movie's almost done a billion dollars. Some people were saying that maybe between the Rock Johnson was having like the uh, Star Trek movie uh, syndrome, where it's every other, other one. Uh, but this time they're like, ah, you know, Rampage, Skyscraper, they're not doing great. But because maybe it's he needs to be in an ensemble cast, even be watched and do as well as uh, people were expecting. Yeah, so that one wasn't too bad, and I've heard that skyscraper isn't bad, and actually that a lot of mm-hmm. amputee people have actually really liked how they yeah put, them. Por- por- portray them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I think it's well, you it's, know, everyone had the joke is it's oh, it's the Rock doing Die Hard, mm-hmm. you know, and I think uh, that might have hurt it, but also people are are people going to the movies i've gone to a couple movies now and it's like practically nobody in the theater especially opening weekends and stuff like that like people are just waiting to well, hear their movie what... pass app uh, tells them that they can't buy tickets because yeah. movie pass is out of money <laughs> that's go I, ask I, for I a refund now so, because they're almost out of money someone <laughs> okay. i work with actually uh just signed up for movie pass like halfway through the summer because there's like oh you know we're gonna see these movies we might as well go and then everything he wanted to use it for, he couldn't. And then his local theater doesn't have that many screens. Like it's not like a mm-hmm. megaplex. So the movie that he wants to see, he would have to travel further away for. He's like, I didn't get it for this. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, on the subject of crashed 
during the opening weekend of Mission Impossible yep. Fallout. Yeah. And people were trying they had to, to get take tickets a loan for it, out. and they couldn't do it. Yeah, they went out and secured five more million dollars worth of funding, investor funding. And they they started saying that, well, I know we said Unlimited, but we you can't see that movie. We can't see that movie. It would just be like... It, I, I, I have Goofy Pass. So we got it... Um, Back probably, in February? yeah, February. I think, uh-huh. and we've used before it before Deadpool came out. Yeah, we actually we used it to go see um, Black Panther. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, so we've used we used it quite a bit. We were starting just to. It was not that let's wait for Netflix kind of mm-hmm. thing when we see trailers. Caitlin and I would just look at each other and go movie pass, and we'd go see. We would go see mm-hmm. a movie once or twice a week, um, and it, it wasn't anything. It wasn't anything big, but we've been following this news, and I keep telling Caitlin, like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. I feel like, for the most part, we've gotten our money's worth, because we paid up front... Yeah, for the full year. Eight, eight or nine dollars a month for for Movie Pass. Okay, and hundred and eight dollars. Yeah. And for both of you, or just one? For both of us. Like, no, oh. for... In, so, two hundred and sixteen dollars you're out yeah. right now. Okay. But you go see one movie That's a $12. month, it's paid for itself because we paid, you know, $8 for uh, right. a month for each ticket, so basically. Yeah, you see 10 movies and you're paid for. Yeah. Let's say $12 a ticket. That's 120 You paid 108 Yeah. So... Rough, rough, rough r- guess. Rough, rough. Yeah. Um, but we saw... Dog pl- math. Plenty of movies where we felt like, well, you see one movie a month, hey... Yeah. We saved four dollars, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had no problem, but we you keep seeing this and like last week when I looked at the app, the only thing I could we could see was the Meg and like Alpha, which is like the that stupid cave van looking movie. And I was like, Oh, that's It's the first dog ever to be trained by a human. Yeah. He's the Alpha. It's stupid. Or are you the Alpha. <laughs> uh it, it looks awful. Uh so I was laughing about it with Caitlin, like, oh, man, we're really... Did we're he really... get ten movies in? Huh? Did he get ten movies in? Oh, yeah, okay. without a doubt. Okay, okay then, then it was worth it for him. Yeah, we, 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 we've, I feel like we've made our money. Um, mm-hmm. We saw, I mean, in one month we saw, like, um, four or five movies. Were they good? <laughs> for the most part. Okay. We used it, when Chris came up, we used our pass to go see the Avengers. Okay. You know, we've... For the second time. Yeah, nice. It's, it hasn't been a, it hasn't been an issue... Um, but last week you could only see two movies. Right. This week everything's open. Like every week, some bizarre thing changes with Movie Pass, and I'm always like, you get the emails uh-huh. and you look at that up and you you see how everybody's complaining, and you're like, oh, it's kind of it's kind of funny. Like <laughs> every week I'm laughing about it, mm-hmm. but again we see one movie a month. It paid for itself that month, right. you know. Well. I'm just saying, it might not be around for next month. Yeah. <laughs> they they have run out of money. They it, had to go get out. They might go under. Oh, oh, I know. Every day I think, hey, this is the day. This, <laughs> this is, is the day. day. <laughs> I will no longer be able to use MoviePass exactly. because it's no longer open. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's definitely something we won't renew. <laughs> right. right. Uh, I would cancel the auto-renew right now. Oh, yeah. Because uh, they're actually yeah, no longer it's even like offering the uh the annual subscriptions for it <laughs> oh good because it's like a gift card where if you don't use that gift card when the store is open you're just out that money yeah 
And that's like when Bonton closes and Macy's, everybody's like, yep, find them now and use your gift cards now because the stores are closed. It's, it's worth nothing. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all I got. Movie Pass news. See, you guys thought there was no See, news. We had, we had no news, but um, did we talk about... Yeah, we talked about the Meg last show because it was on the back end of the uh, opening for it. Yeah. Uh, Meg yeah. did another $13 million this this Ooh. weekend. So, I mean, that's... It dropped off. It dropped off, but that's something yeah. at least. Let's make it. It's, it's a, I hear it's not good, but it's semi-fun. Is it as good as Piranha? No. I, no. Piranha 3D? No. Because it takes itself too serious. Oh, okay. So it's like Geostorm. Yes. Not <laughs> with a chance of meatballs. Yeah. Do you want to know what the twist is? What's the twist? There's two sharks. There's oh, two of them. Oh, man. and they're breeding? <clears throat> is it a girl and a boy shark? I don't know, but they kill the one, and then another, another shark. Oh, it's the Megs. <laughs> yeah. Dos. Oh, man. Maybe Dos our listeners, Megs. Maybe our listeners didn't want it to be spoiled. Maybe they said no. Maybe, maybe, they, were maybe they were waiting for movie pass. Allowed him to do it. Oh, we're so sorry. So uh, nobody was waiting for that move. So the bracket is over. We tallied up the scores. Jen and I, we had the same bracket, so obviously we tied. Boom. Chris Boom. had a slightly different back bracket, but we all tied. We, we all tied. We all just missed one, uh, one pick. John and I both missed uh, Jurassic World beating Deadpool. We both picked Deadpool over Jurassic World in the uh, quarterfinals. And Chris picked uh, Super Troopers over Oceans 8 in the very beginning. But then Oceans 8 quickly lost to Solo, so it didn't have a big impact on his bracket. We all just missed one. It was was just one of those years where the big movies just rolled it. And maybe the picks, you know, the opening bracket just didn't lead itself to good, you know, decision makings over one and another. Um, so maybe it was a part, uh, partly the fault of the bracket. Maybe it's partly the fault of movie going right now. I think I think the thing that we've noticed the most, because we track movies every summer now, mm-hmm. is that at, there's going to be one or two big things that we're going to know right away are going to be huge. Yeah, one of those two movies is, is going to win it. Yeah, and uh, it's gotten to that point where it's pulling teeth. Yeah. To find movies to go on this. To bracket. find number 15 and 16. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's why Happy Time Murder's there. That's why the Upgrade. other Melissa McCarthy movie is there. Life of the Party. Um, because we couldn't find. We yeah. just was like, oh, maybe there this, maybe this. Exciting. And there's the things that fit into our realm that should go on that. Versus... But they're, they're opening up in March now, like Black Panther. They're yeah. not, and then they're opening up in August and September. It's like yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the 2018 worldwide grosses. So this is the top 2018 movies for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Avengers: Infinity War is number one. Black Panther is number two. Both those movies were like the earliest releases of like, I guess summer. I mean, you can't really call Black Panther that because it came out at the tail end of winter. Um, but Avengers: Infinity War number one worldwide. Then Black Panther. Then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, then Incredibles, then Deadpool, then Ready Player One. Yeah, which was out before the summer. Uh, the next, like, summer summer movie was number eight, Ant-Man and the Wasp, with $544 million. Then Mission Impossible, 
Fallout was number 10. Then Hotel Transylvania th- uh, 3 Star Vacation was actually number 11 worldwide gross, beating stuff like Rampage, The Meg, Solo. Um, that wasn't wow, even beat on Solo. Our, that's pretty yeah. cool. That's yeah, and that that one wasn't even on our our list. You know? Yeah, maybe it should have been, but then again, we don't talk much about other than Pixar Disney movies. We don't talk about much kids movies. No, we just don't have an interest in them. Yeah, we, we we've done the Despicable Me movies because those have the that, yeah. the following, but you know maybe it's just you know Hotel Transylvania. Maybe it has the same following, but it's just not overly done like uh, the Minions. Are, you know, like I don't think Hotel Transylvania has like that. Oh my gosh, put this character on a T-shirt type yeah. mentality. Dress my kid up as it, yeah. or I'm going to dress up as it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we. This year, too, we changed. We went into April because of Avengers getting pushed forward. Right. Well, I mean, it is something that you had mentioned, like, for a while now. But Paul and I were always kind of like, well, you know, the summer movie doesn't actually start until, like, May, May 3rd. Well, like, I wanted I... to push it back to because Fast and the Furious was in April. Yeah. And that was making more money than a lot of the movies on our bracket. Yeah. And we, I think it was more you and me, Chris, that were like, nope. May was it? I thought it was yeah. Fallen. kicks I off know. kicks off in the beginning of May because that's when like the Marvel movie comes out. But then that Marvel movie got pushed forward. So then it's like, well, we <laughs> we got yeah. it. Look at how different this would be if we left that Marvel movie off. If Black Panther was on our bracket, Black Panther might have. It does beat in, uh, Avengers: Infinity War. Yeah, uh, dom- domestically, yes, w- world worldwide though. It's it's done half the business of uh, Avengers. Yeah, but Chris, we're Americans. I know we're, we we're Americans. Care, we only like care said, about I'm, what America want, cares about. I'm looking at the you know the 2018 worldwide grosses, right? Worldwide. Um, if I click the little domestic tab, I mean Black Panther's number one, then Avengers, then Incredibles, then Jurassic World. Like, there's not a lot of shakeup there. Um, Chris, I do have to correct you again. It's not a little tab. It's the most important tab, domestic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then Deadpool, then Solo, then Ant-Man. Like, if you look at domestic for all the grumbling people have done about Solo being a failure, like one, two, three, four, five, it's the sixth highest grossing movie of 2018 in America. Then Mm -hmm. Ant-Man, then Mission Impossible. And if everyone's losing their minds, how great Mission Impossible was doing, you know? Yeah, because of the franchise itself, and also because MoviePass crashed that. Like they were actually wondering, like, how much more money would of would uh, Mission Impossible Fallout did if MoviePass Movie didn't, didn't crash. crash and people could have actually bought tickets through MoviePass for Mission Impossible Three or Mission Impossible Fallout because people were turned away. It is the highest grossing movie of that franchise. Less people want to see it. <laughs> But ticket prices have increased over yeah. the two years since the last one, where it's also, actually made more like, money. Sci-fi on that, like all the movie pass talk too. After like they started having more of their struggles, I saw a lot of comments like, "Oh, you know, poor movie pass." I saw this movie like ten times using it because I would just say I was checking into another movie and then I would just go to that one because that's the thing people could do. Like <laughs> you can't they make you Avengers because you've already seen Avengers. No, well then they started doing the thing where you have to like send your ticket stub. But also people picture. would get away with not doing that. Yeah, but people do that constantly anyway. So you go to the front, you pay for one ticket, and then you sneak into another theater. 
you know? Yeah. It's we were all under thirteen at one point and had to uh, I've never do PG thirteen. I know me either. I was too I, good. I was, I was too nervous. Never done it. Yeah, I just I it's don't a see thing that people do. No, but this is uh, this is a different way for people to game that system. So you know what? Maybe some of those movies didn't do as well because they were bolstered by movie pass, but then people are going to see Avengers or Mission Impossible because they couldn't use their pass to see Mission Impossible. So maybe they check into Mamma Mia. You know who. No, it went down like you couldn't buy any ticket. They were oh, out no, of money. No, I'm just saying in, in general. But <laughs> oh, okay. for, for all those people that after it was back up and running, like mm-hmm. if you can't go see Mission Impossible, well, yeah, I can use it for Ant-Man. So I'm going to go check in Ant-Man, but then see Mission Impossible or right. whatever. Like okay. there's, there's people online saying like, oh, no, this is how I gamed the system. I would check into movies for myself, then I'd get like another one for my friend. Like They found loopholes for it. Mm-hmm. Movie pass. It won't be around much longer. No. <laughs> uh, That's what was the tagline. Oh, talking about things that won't be around much longer. Guardians of the Galaxy uh, movie franchise. Uh, with the firing of James Gunn and the ichor that the cast is feeling about it, uh, Disney has de- Disney Marvel Studios has decided to put production of Volume Three on indefinite hold. Like. Uh, there was kind of rumors that maybe they would bring uh, Tiki, uh, the director from Thor Tiki, Tiki Waititi? Is that his name? Tiki Waititi? Uh, well, there are reports that he did have a meeting with Marvel this and, week that nobody knows what it's about. So, I mean, it could be another Thor or it could be a different property. But okay. he's, he's the fan favorite for taking over. Yeah, but I would see him being like, well, no, it's James Gunn's movie. I'm not going to be the guy. You, you almost would. I think any director that takes it would feel like a scab. You know, that would be like, well, no. Why would I take this movie? Yeah. It would have to be somebody that's an up and comer that like this is their one shot at it. Like Tiki Wakiki before doing Thor Ragnarok. Like otherwise, like would you respect a director that would come in and do? And would you want to because you knew the cast wouldn't be giving a good effort? Yeah, because you know, he, uh, Batista said, "No, I'll show I'll, up for I'll the show up because I'm a contracted, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do anything extra." Uh, yeah, I. It, it'd be interesting to play out, but I think he would be. Um, Watiki would be more interested in doing something else, mm-hmm. and I think he's proven that he can do a big, a big movie like that. Uh, I think he would be more. What do you want to do? more than can you do this for mm-hmm. us because when he did um, he wanted to do Thor like he made a sizzle sizzle, a sizzle reel yeah well he no he made a tr- a fake trailer using uh, Kurt Russell movies right like Big Trouble in Little China was a big thing of how he wanted to do the look of Thor <laughs> and uh, I think I think he's got I think he can name what he wants to do with how well that was received. But other news, we have uh, Robot Man cast in DC's uh, Doom Patrol. He's the Encino Man. It is Encino Man. (laughs) Brendan Fraser cast as Robot Man. I like that Brendan Fraser is having a comeback. Uh, He... He was wait, wait, wait. What's the other thing that makes it a comeback? He's actually done um, 
two other TV shows where oh. he's gotten critically acclaimed for. I don't remember oh. the names of the shows. They're not shows that I watch. Okay. But I guess one of the characters, he plays a real uh, real strong, like, badass kind of character. Ooh. And the other one, he plays like a... Um, uh, downtrodden, like, cop who's trying to work a case that is unsolvable, but he's really giving it his all kind of a thing. So he's had a bit of a, a renaissance hmm. as of late. So he's it's a, like a blast from the past. Yeah. He actually, he went into semi-retirement. Um, he's had a lot of back issues. I guess he hurt his back really bad on um, the the bat, the stupid George of the Jungle. And then reheard it even worse on the set of The Mummy, oh. or vice versa. And he's had constant back problems from there, so he's had several back surgeries. And he also just was like, I've made enough money, I'm going to watch my kids grow up. Yeah. Well, I thought he did the George of the Jungle movies because, you know, he had kids and he wanted to That's do That's also movies. why he did the Looney Tunes movie. Yeah, like he wanted to have, like a lot of actors do it, they're like, oh, my kids are a certain age. Uh, guy from Tenacious D. Jack Black. Jack Black. He wanted to do more family-appropriate movies so his kids could watch them in movies. Yeah. Um, Robin Williams. Same thing. Mm. Yeah, he, he he said he wanted to do more family-appropriate just because And he did Zelda. Hook. Yeah. I mean, he, had a, he had a string of more family-friendly movies there for a while. Mm-hmm. Well, then, Hook in July 2000, that's when he kind of... He was like, okay, well, now I'm going to start doing, like, the darker, more yeah. psychological movies. You know, like, he did, like, one-hour photo and uh, what was the other one? Uh, what Dreams May Come. Yeah. So. that What Dreams May Come, man. You want to cry? Watch that movie. I I ball like a little girl. But Brendan Fraser, huh? Brendan Fraser. Robot Man. And the, yeah. is this a television show that's coming out just for this DC is streaming? This is streaming. Yeah. yeah. I just hope they don't. It's Robot Man, but... We gave him a human face. Like, I hope they actually make it look like Robot Man. Okay. But I'm not getting DC streaming anyway, so what is it? Yeah, I, I, I don't know how much... It's a streaming service. Only one of us needs to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how much like, they're going to be willing to put into this. I mean, the Titan show seems like it has a decent amount of money, but I just don't care for... It just doesn't look good. Yeah, it just doesn't look good. And... Anytime I've seen the trailer get posted for that, anywhere, like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, when you read the comments for it, everyone's like, why are you doing this to the Titans? Like, mm-hmm. this shouldn't be how you're portraying these characters. I think about signing up for it, and then I remember that in October, the Blu-ray edition, remastered edition of Batman the Animated Series comes out, full, complete. Like, yeah. And actually released in episode order, unlike the DVDs collections, which were mm. just like, here's this episode, here's that episode, like, not in a real sequential order. Right. So I'm like, I could spend the money on the DC Universe or just buy the Blu ray set of the thing I actually would just spend my time watching. Yeah. It's almost like spending money, like, $9.99 on Netflix or how much it costs. $75 just upfront. Uh,. And just realizing that Netflix is just the DVD collection of The Office for you mm-hmm. and your wife. And you're like, I could have probably saved months and months worth of subscription <laughs> if I just bought The Office on DVD. 
I think yeah, one of the like that's true, but at least they have enough other stuff there that you would want to check out. I don't know if DC would have that for me. Okay. The thing is, though, is they got I don't know if it's day and date with comics, but they have the entire back catalog of stuff that you can go. Mm-hmm. I think it's supposed to be everything, right? I think it's supposed to be kind of like how Marvel works their unlimited, where it's going to be books that are basically like five or six months old at that point. Like you'll have the back catalog; it won't be a hundred percent, but you're going to have that kind of like okay, well, you're going to be waiting. And then you can go check it out. Yeah, but the back catalog is the DC Comics I actually like. Yeah, you've like, been buying a lot yeah. of, like, <laughs> classic series. <laughs> because the new stuff, for the past, like, what, since New DC, the New 52, I haven't really enjoyed them. Like, no. the first year of New 52, there were there three this... or four really great series. Yeah. Wonder Woman, just... Resurrection Man, Batman, Action Comics. I'm out. I Vampire. Yeah. We'll talk about some new stuff that they got coming out too that yeah. uh, uh-huh. are grown worthy. Um, but did we, did we have any other news we wanted to talk about? I, th- I think that's good enough. I'm, I'm already moving further into the show. All right, Paul, let's review two beers because I don't want to finish either one of them. Okay, uh, you know what? The pine pina colada has grown on me as it, it was warmed it, up. Yeah, but because that first sip was so well, accurate, bad it, taste. The it first sip. Uh, so we are drinking from. Um, a collab between uh, Collective Arts and 18th Street Brewing. Uh, a pina colada. This is a sour ale brewed with pineapple puree, toasted coconut, and lactose. The first sip would make you never want to take another sip of this oh, beer. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and forced me to take the second. Up front, up front, you were like, oh, okay, this isn't too bad. And then the back of the tongue, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse bile. how exactly it tasted like bile and i was like that's it i'm done and paul did the same thing and i said well let's let's go back and take one more sip and then i told you to take that sip mm-hmm. and i don't know if your tongue just got acclimated to it but you lost that acrid bile on the back end but i still like to take a sip of it you're still not like i'm getting all pineapple right now are you mm-hmm I'm getting a pineapple sour, uh, sour pineapple. It's not bad. It's it's not bad, but it's it's, a sour I'm pineapple. not loving it. It's good. I actually it reminds me of a uh, less sweet uh, sour pineapple sour sour patch kid. It's it's decent. Um, I don't know. I still get that that little acridness is there. It's back. I keep on saying decent, and I don't know if it's a thing. I feel That's like the, the one girl and the girl. Okay, yeah. cool. You got to say it's Gucci. That's the big thing now. That's the thing people no. say. Every, that's the thing people say now. And that anytime like they say it to me, I tell them not to. That seems like it is from uh, like Mean Girls. Oh, it's so uh, stupid. Movie. Uh, and then the second beer, because I, I don't really love this one either, is uh, from Collective Arts and Aslin Brewing. This Aslin? A-S-L-I-N. Did we go through the spa room? And now we're going to Aslin? Yeah. See Osland? Uh, this is called Hot Pink. This is a brute IPA brewed with uh, Hellerataku Blanc and Vic Secret Hops. Vic and Secret. as I mean, as an IPA, this is fairly blah. Yeah, it's it's a lighter IPA. It's not. It's kind of got that uh, envelope. Seven point three percent. Maybe it's because I'm switching between the pineapple and this. It's kind of got that envelope glue flavor. <laughs> you love that, that like though. that that uh, that resiny envelope. You know, it's I like don't, a resin. I get a little more tropicalness off of this now, having having just taken the sip of that sour. 
but I'm not I'm not loving it. And All at right. this time, like I have some other beers that I sometimes I, I feel like you've grown so far beyond me on the <laughs> beer tasting that I'm like over here like, no, it's still good. And you're like, yeah, but I'm bored of it. It does not wow me. It is not the best I've ever had. So therefore, I, it is not worth my time. I have got good day. I have gotten to a point where it's like Ah, this is, I mean, this is just a beer. I don't need to drink this. Chris, are you still with me over here? Like, where it's like, no, it's a beer. But it, it tastes see, good. Uh, I will drink it. You're using two, you're using two tropically crazy hops with these two hops. These are the hops that, like, other half uses to make right. those juice bombs. And to me, it's like, okay, I have this, but I also have other things in my but, fridge. But it's not a dry hopped one, right? It isn't dry hop, but they're still using... But so the particles aren't in there, it's not going to get that juice bomb. You can't... Do yeah, but it's still fairly hazy. Right. It's still going to be using those hops. You're going to do more of a New Englandy style. But without that dry hopping process, it's not going to deliver yeah, a, a huge s- pop. Not all New England style IPAs are dry hopped. Right. That are still super juicy. Wrench isn't dry hopped. That's... Yeah. Okay. Well... That's why I'm still over here. You know, the thing is, is like if I'm going to sit down and drink a lot, hopefully with Chris, or I'm going to ask him a question, I'm going to drink a barrel aged beer or something like that. <laughs> I'm looking for something. If they deliver, I'll like them. I mean, a, mm-hmm. a, a, a lager to me is just an outdoor drinking beer while I'm mowing the yard or you know playing disc golf or or you play disc golf? no, I was just naming something you do outside. Uh, play cube. Yeah. Um, no, I don't play cube. You, I win at you cube. Win at, yes, that's true. <laughs> If anyone ever wanted to know what Paul is the best at, it's the only thing I'm good at it's in my playing life. It's horrible. a yard game called Cube where he throws <laughs> dowels at logs and knocks them over. He's amazing. <laughs> he is amazing at it, folks. He's amazing. It is. It is sad that he, that's like, the one thing. He'll do the thing where, like, yeah, I'm going to throw it at that one. Covers his eyes, throws it, knocks it down. You it's, know, it's sad. He's like, I'm going to ricochet off of that, 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 and uh, it's going to knock it down. I hit two at once. It was crazy. It's, it's amazing. You're, you're very good at it. You're amazing at it. I know thing. if I'm on the opposite team from you, I'm losing. Yeah. It is true. I have yet to lose at you. <laughs> <laughs> but, Chris. Yes. Do, do you feel the same way? Maybe John's gotten a little beyond us here with, all, you know, he's in the beer industry, a little bit more in the beer industry. He's had a lot more, you know, maybe to drink and taste. I, you and I can just enjoy still a decent beer where we're like, oh, no, it's good. I will finish drinking it. I think um, I don't want to say we're on separate sides of the table from John, but I think at that point, John might just, you know, too much of a good thing. Maybe spoiled. I, I don't know. I think I, I, think I, I would say spoiled. spoiled no, I mean, me. yeah, yeah. I, I think you know, you drink enough of other stuff that you start to just go more towards the ones that you're gonna like. Um, I buy beer for the podcast that's about it john's going out to breweries and trying different stuff having people like give stuff to him that he normally wouldn't you know be able to get here i'm uh, staring at a dark lord bottle yeah. where i'm like that's pretty awesome that somebody just gave that to you because... yeah i got that for free <laughs> yeah so i i think maybe that's that's all of it um i think paul and i can just I don't, I, don't, I don't want to, like, I don't know how to say this without making John sound douchey. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, no, um, no I think, me, I think Paul and I, it's, like, it's appre- true. 
we have just like a different appreciation for the beer that we we get because uh-huh. it's like oh like we take that stuff like we go we go out to get it like we go buy it like we pull it off the shelf you know, we stand John, like John's, John's handed beer it's placed at his feet and he's like no <laughs> no uh, it's true I will I trade mean, for this <laughs> here's the thing is something comes in and I go I don't know you want to try that and then we'll open it and I'll try it in my uh-huh. store like I'm just like eh, let's let's try it and then I'm like mm, well blah 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 and then I walk away from it and then I'll pick something else up I yeah, it, it could be, am Paul, constantly I, picking up a, new things. Well, mm-hmm. you and I have to be a little bit more selective, just because like we just have to get like what we think we're going to like, and then we're stuck with it because we bought it, <laughs> and it's like, ah, oh, this was seventeen ninety. It's a grand. I did say I don't really look at the price, but once it's in my house, it's going to get drank. It's not. Yeah, and then yeah, I, oh, and I don't think, think I'm even when I spent two ninety nine for the. The four pack or the six pack, whatever it was, of the Bad Larry's hard coffee, like it was terrible, but it was still in my fridge. I had to drink it. Like with the uh, uh, move into the country IPA, like milkshake IPA, uh, peach IPA. I wasn't stingy with that beer. I was giving, you know, yeah. I, I want my friends to drink it. I want people to enjoy it. I really enjoyed it. I don't think it was the best milkshake beer that I had, but I still enjoyed it. Hey, what it was. 90% of the time when you show up here, oh, yeah. I have something ultimately amazing. Yes. And I just share it with you. Yeah. It's when I have ultimately amazing that was quite expensive that I go, I need you to give me $5 so oh, yeah, you can yeah, yeah. drink these four beers. And I'm you know? happy to do it. Yeah. But again, it's... I do. I do have the ability drink and just be like meh because he had enough left over in the basement and you have enough of a supply where you could be like i don't got time for this exactly it's no longer a issue of <laughs> it's more of a do i waste the calories or do i waste my taste buds on this when taste i buds. can or the effect of the alcohol waiting for it to die off so i can have my next beer yeah. and really enjoy it i put three beers into the fridge um, because you showed up with a four pack that I'd be like, I, and this is very snobby and douchey of me to being like, I'd rather not drink these so I can drink one of those. Yeah. And those not might not be good either. These, but this is a collaboration. I'm like, this is really going to be really good because it's collective arts, decent yeah. brewery, and doing collabs of breweries I've never heard of. So at least it's a yeah. whole new thing. I would I would like to know if they were other Canadian breweries. Yeah, I think they are. Well, we have two other beers from them, and I'd like to uh, pour these out, unless you want to drink them, and uh, open up some more beers. Just because of alcohol content. Well, why don't we open up our our pull lists for the books that we're looking forward to coming out this week? And Paul, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to a book that isn't coming out this week. It came out, I don't know when. Uh, Chris and I, well, Chris has gotten me well back into the world of Warcraft, uh, and I have now dived full on into the deep end and uh, have just about finished up the audiobook of uh, Before the Storm, the prologue to this new uh, World of Warcraft expansion, Heroes of, uh, not Heroes of the Storm, uh, Battle for Azeroth. And there's actually more books that are out there, and there are comic books. And so I'm going to pick that uh, one of these, and it's... Uh, World of Warcraft, Battle for Azeroth, issue number three, The Three Sisters. Um, I'm excited to pick this one up, mostly because it ha- it deals with Sylvanas, the war chief of the Horde. 
If you don't play World of Warcraft or haven't played any Warcraft game, I'm sorry. This is going to be over your head and you won't understand. It is. It's very inside baseball. And I kind of love that they're doing it. It's one of the only... Actually, you know what? I do this quite a for Mass Effect as well. I would pick up the comic book uh, series. I haven't read any of the... I started to read a couple of the uh, actual novels, prose novels for Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. But World of Warcraft, man, like this has gotten me hooked. Like it's gotten my it's it's sword and axe in me, and, and it's just pulling me right in. Uh, I want to learn a lot more about the lore. Uh, I, I think these characters that they have created are very um, interesting and compelling. Um, I just want to know their motivations, and sometimes I'm like, what I've been enjoying actually more than just knowing their motivations is I'm as I'm sitting there reading or listening. I'm like. Ooh, if they just twisted his motivation a little bit, like they could have balanced it a little bit more here and there. Like, uh, they've created a really rich tapestry of a world that goes crazy on one end, where you know there's demons and spaceships Dave. and anything can happen. But this, but they ground their characters so well that I'm still compelled to read it. See, this is something that's kind of been a discussion amongst the fans of World of Warcraft now, where people are feeling like, oh, it's great that they're doing all this extra content. You have the novels that are coming out. You have the comic books. Um, For the last expansion of Legion, they did a three-part audio drama. It was basically like a radio play uh, that you could listen to that was really well done before the release of the one... Uh, like secondary patch, basically, like they they release raid tiers, like they come off the expansion, and then like they'll have two or three separate like mini expansions after that, where each one adds a new area, new new enemies, new uh, bosses, new uh, tiers of gear to pick up. So they kind of like get you going for that with other content that they put out. A lot of people feel like they should just be telling the story in the game because if you're not paying attention to the ancillary stuff, you're not getting that. Um, Paul, I know you didn't want to spoil the book for me, but I knew I wasn't going to get a chance to read the book, so I did look up some of the spoilers for it just so I could have that story going into the expansion. Like, I have the right. book sitting on my table. Like, it's right there. Like, I need to It's worth a read. Crack it open I really do think it. it's a nine and a half hour uh, audiobook. And I can't imagine that's really all that long page-wise. I think you could tear through it within a... It's, it's a decent-sized novel. Like, it's not huge. But also in the collector's edition, they had two novellas that took place right up to the attack on Lordaeron. One from the Horde perspective, one from the Alliance perspective. And those were included in the collector's edition, but Blizzard also put them out online for free. People are getting mad that like the story is being told in other ways. Like, it should just be in the game. I I pay my fifteen dollars a month for this game. I want all the story here. But the amount of content that they provide in these other ways, I, I don't think they could actually fit into the game without it being right so word heavy and the text heavy and more stuff that they would have to record, which would take away from the other story bits. Blizzard puts all this stuff out for free. Like, I paid the $25 to buy the hardcover book. It's available on YouTube. You can just listen to the audio version of it if you want. 
these comic books. There's three of them leading up to Battle for Azeroth. There's three or four that led up to Legion. You can just go to Warcraft.com, read them for free. These novellas, they're free. I, I think it's just you might have to put in the work to get that content. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's worth it because, like you said, it's adding so much more depth to I can't to that world. constantly uh, be interactive with the game itself. But when I'm driving, I can load up mm-hmm. the YouTube. Or when I'm mowing the lawn, doing stuff around the house, I can load up the audiobook and listen to it. And still be doing my adult stuff while being in, in the world of Azeroth and the world of Warcraft. Yeah. Uh, I understand people's complaint that, hey, I paid the money. It should be in-game. But a lot of the story is like the character development of being inside a, ca- a character's mind and s- figuring out their motivation. It wouldn't make a fun game. It makes a fun story. Yeah. But there's not other than you like following around a character, and that happens in game. Like you'll follow around an NPC, and they'll kind of talk a little bit, and then maybe you get. But they know they can only do that for like exactly. thirty seconds before. Like they, they have to be like, okay, now you're gonna go kill. Or what I do is stand up and go get another beer, back you know, while they're talking in a <laughs> cutscene <laughs> place. And they know that characters, that players, when you're playing the game, you want to play the game and not be inundated with, you know, just uh, exposition and character dialogue. Like that's why when you see the cutscenes the first time, you sit through it because it's there and you want to get the story. But then the second time you bring characters through the same zone, what can you do? Hit skip. So yeah, you skip it. And see, I kind of have, I have the same kind of thing happening with the book that I'm picking up. Um, this is actually Star Wars. That's a great Beckett Number one, I, I have. and this is telling the. That was so good. Thank you. I thought so. Uh, it's telling the story of a character that we already know, who was introduced in the Star Wars solo movie that came out this summer, but giving a little bit more detail into him. And I think this is something great that. Marvel's been doing with the Star Wars comics. Yes, they have those ongoing series following the characters that you know and love already from you know, the classic trilogy or Darth Vader. But then they've also done a good job with introducing new characters in this universe with Dr. Afro, but then giving a little bit more information about those other characters that you're just seeing for the first time now, like Poe Dameron, or now uh, we have Beckett coming out of this one. Are they always the best comic books? No. Uh, but I appreciate the fact that they're there. Uh, I, I like Woody Harrelson in Solo. Do I need more about his character? No. But kind of going back to what we were just talking about, being that story nerd, I, I want to know more about it. I want to see where this character came from and what led him to where he is in Solo. I saw a really funny meme that said... Um it was like Woody Harrelson's character, you know, uh, when you think, when you realize that Beckett used to know General Admar or something like that, who um, uh, Cliff Clavin uh, played in the Star Wars series, that they knew each other from a cantina, and then it shows them both from Cheers. And it's like, oh yeah, that's kind of funny. That's, that's fun. So John, what are you delving into that's giving you greater knowledge into one of those properties that you already know. Uh, I'm actually uh, going to um, a book that came out back in July. This is the Thrilling Adventure Hour 
uh, written by Ben Acker and Ben Blacker. And they did. And art by MJ Erickson. And this is actually um, stories. I think this is the se- start of a second volume for them. But the two of them do a one-hour monthly stage show and podcast that they write uh, with different stars of film and television and voice actors who come on and do different one-hour old-timey radio shows. Uh, and this is based off of their uh, podcast that they they do together. Is and, it the uh, same name? The Thrilling Adventure Thrilling Adventure Hour, Hour same name. Okay. Uh, they've done like 273 episodes, uh, you know, b- about a hundred behind us, but yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> but you know, and keep trying. Maybe guys. one day you'll get to us. Uh, but it also looks like they split the episodes in half, so they're only like 20, 26 episodes or uh, twenty six minutes long, and then the next episode is uh, the other twenty five minutes or whatever. Uh, so it's definitely something to fun to check out. Uh, ben Acker and Ben Blacker. Our names because I know Paul loves them and he's brought them constantly to the table for us to read. Uh, so this definitely seemed. Yeah, that's been me. That's great that they keep I up. Just know that I, hear, I just know that I hear Paul say Ben Acker and Ben Blacker so much uh, <laughs> that it's something that I definitely want to try out. <laughs> it's great that they became friends somehow. Uh, not like, only do I want to check the book out, and this is issue one, issue two comes out. Um, came out last week and that's actually where i saw it and was like oh i'm gonna add this to my wish list and check it out but also i want to check out the podcast um so it's uh yeah that's my pick i think it's something fun maybe we'll review the book at one point maybe a trade and review uh the episode or whatever the the podcast Hmm. yeah i'd be up for that that sounds that sounds cool i mean it's fun that we all cross media yeah kind of just delivering yeah cross media content Man. and which uh paul side sidebar i don't want to bore john with more world war cup talk oh we should talk about the Azara oh, yeah. well that, wednesday when we're planned <laughs> there we go uh but you know you know what we need we to talk need about now to do i think a dramatic reading right chris is that and now a dramatic reading from Ruin World, number one, page eight. Ah, crud. That was a dramatic reading from Ruin World, number one, page eight. I pinched my nose to do that. I don't think I needed to. I don't think, I don't think it did anything different. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I could tell you did it added a little certain uh, je ne sais quoi to it. But that's going to head us into our uh, our. Two monthly look back. Uh, we're looking at the books that came out in June and July 2018. Uh, I didn't list them off at the top of the show because I didn't. Uh, but we have a bunch of number ones that we're talking about. We have from over at Marvel Ant Man and the Wasp, number one, Doctor Strange, number one, Multiple Man, number one, and Sentry, number one. Then from over at DC, we have Justice League, number one, Justice League Dark, number one, Hawkman, number one. From Dark Horse, Sword Daughter, number one. And then from Kaboom, a.k.a. Boom Studios, a.k.a. Archaea, because they're all the same company now. Uh, Ruin World, number one. Um, a healthy smattering of books. And, uh, you know, they kind of crossed the, the 
lines of just like different types of stories. So I think we had a good mix this month, guys. Or this two months, yeah. I should Did somebody say. Somebody already delete the books out of the. Okay, I did. I'm sorry, them, and I was going to read along with the list, and I'm like, I can, they're gone. I can, no, 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 uh, no. It's here, on. I can, it's I can on the messenger. No, 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 no. Thank you, Chris. He, he nicely sure. done. He just uh, controlled Z it. Yes. No, no. He he actually has a bullet pointed yep. now, so I could look at it. Uh, what book are we going? How are we well, going to start? We just with? talked about Ruin World. So why don't we start with Ruin World? Okay, John, this was your book. This was my book. This is a book that I picked because I looked at it and I read uh, what it was about. And I was like, you know what? We've missed out on some of these books. Lumberjanes, uh, different books like that. So I was like, let's let's click on this. Let's... The all-girl squad, uh, Rat Queens. Rat Queens. Which I own. A wonderful martial shirt. <laughs> Multi, multi-sex t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> a tank top. Unisex tank top. No, no, new, new word for multi. Way to go, John! You coined it. I came up with a new thing. Uh, but this is written and art by Derek Lofman, and this is uh, the story of two adventurers: a fox and a pig. A uh, pig named uh, Pogo and the fox named Rex, and they are off on adventures uh, for their town. They're trying to find these relics, and uh, they've end up finding a map to another relic with uh that was finding def- a relic it was locked away defended by an old god like an old god like a cthulhu tentacle, tentacle kind of creature monster. so it was being defended so this treasure map has to be pretty important i mean the island the island the uh the treasure map oh, takes yeah. place on it's a, a skull a island skull, too, so mm. you know uh, but Still it island. is stolen from them by uh, a bug, a bug guy, who uh, borrowed five hundred gold pieces from some gangsters to silver, silver, to buy a uh, bag of holding, mm-hmm. and then tries to sell him back all the stuff that's in his bag of holding, which doesn't add up to five hundred silver pieces. It is. Mm-hmm. It's basically all trash. It's the kind of honestly, it's very much all ages. RPG, the comic book, where this bug guy's gone out on his own treasure hunts, but he comes back with the crap tier stuff that you just you sell back, but it doesn't even out. I've been a really big World of Warcraft movie this Well, this book must have been perfect for you. It actually it was, and it was a good palate cleanser because this is coming out from Kaboom, which is Boom Studios, more all ages. imprint or a line uh this was a lot of fun i didn't know who this was by until i just clicked on the the byline stuff here on comicsology but written and drawn by Derek often like you said but he's actually worked on the adventure time comics over at boom studios and i think that really shows through this isn't as crazy wacky like frantic as adventure time this kind of reminds me a little bit of bone it doesn't seem like it's going to have a bigger like darker right. threat looming in too far in the distance but i think this is a great all age fun see fun i fantasy almost disagree with it a little bit because i think if you put if they weren't a, fo- a cute fox and a cute pig and you put a gritty art style on this book it would feel like a lot of the other 
image comic books that John has made us read before, <laughs> like Ether and uh, what was the other one? Yeah, but Ether had a fun look. Yeah. But you could easily make this not all ages, and it would just be like one of those books. Where now, up oh, when he's slicing through the squid thing instead of green, it's red, and they're actual people, and they're down on their luck, and he changed a couple of the words around. It's like, it could feel, yeah. I don't know, it feels very... I, I think at that point, though, like you've changed the book. The fact that it's... The, the fox and the pig that are going out in the hunts and the pig just he gets stuck going into this dark tower on his own while the fox rex is outside uh, taking a nap yeah. this is his first time going like to get a relic on his own you know like Pogo's in over his head and he's right. like oh. but Pogo's like, also like, crap. like he's also like, he keeps uh, like well good thing I stole this book from the wizard uh-huh. <laughs> and like oh, so also a good thing yeah. uh, I, for- I, oh, I forgot key. but I stole this skeleton key uh, I feel like there's probably like a like a zero. No, issue he's, that he's like physic. He's like you mean like, like the wheelbarrow? Because all that all that all that kind of stuff just yeah, but it just made me think like oh, there's probably like a four or five page like zero issue that I miss out on in the in the context of the book as it is. It's very cartoony where it's just like oh no, like of course he's going to have the thing to unlock the thing with the spell and now he can do that. I I appreciated this though. It was the last book that I read. Uh, but it was a nice. Yeah. It was okay. Cleanser, you know, it was okay. I just like other than it, it being all ages helped this book a lot because I think if you put any other kind of milieu on it, I would have been like, oh, it's just another one of these. With it being all ages, it's good. It's yeah. not Rat Queen's good. I would. No, but it's I, again, different. It's, it's a yeah. different type of book from Rat Queens. I would I would say this and Rat Queens both do that same thing very well where it's if they changed it to anything else it would be just another one of those books like is I'm trying to think, like Requiem's if it was still just like your yeah. all male cast like oh they're just dudes it would just be another one of those books but changing it to like the all female cast just flipping that gender role it makes it so much have more you guys watched uh, on Netflix sorry Chris uh Oh, the romantic comedy, no, no, no. Uh, like set it up. It's called set it up. It's a just a basic romantic comedy, but they flip the switch, uh, the script on some of the characters just enough that I'm like, okay, this is actually good for what it is. But it, w- yeah. No, I, actually, I haven't heard of it. Um, we, we talked about it briefly before, but basically, Netflix is an office <laughs> viewing uh, program. I don't know what you're talking about. Other <laughs> stuff being on there for. Because Kate is going through the office yet again, and I'm like, "All right, it's so good, right. it's so easy to get lost in that show." No, but I, I think this and Rack Queens, and it sounds like the, the yeah. setup. Like it just that's that's how you do it. Like you can take one of those old tired like tropes, but if you just go in with like a fresh perspective on it, you can make something that's really good and. John, I want to thank you for bringing this book to the digital table for us. Yeah, I, this is I the really one that I thought, it. like, I was hesitant about mm-hmm. buying it. But I picked it up because it just, the cover of it, I was like, this looks like it just could be really fun. Right. And the color scheme, the art, everything is just like it pops and it looks great in the book. And yeah, it does have that that bone yeah. feel. It does have, like... 
if you mixed bone and rat queens mm-hmm. but made everything a little more cutesy. Yeah. And that's kind of why like it was yeah. the the fact that like we we didn't pick up rat queens. We didn't pick up uh lumberjanes. And other people told us that we should uh, I wanted to be a little more proactive when I saw this and I said this could be either this really could either be really good or awful. And to me I think this is this is probably one of my more favorite books of the two months. I, I would agree. Just it, it's different from the rest of them, and I'm I'm glad I read this one last because maybe that made it stick out a little bit more. Mm. I dug it though. You're welcome. Thank you, Sean. Just realized I have to get my piece of paper up <laughs> so I can start doing my power ranking. Uh. Uh, well, since we're talking about yearbooks, John, well, let's, why don't we go, go into next? Sword Daughter, and then we can. Oh, because it has swords. And then we can too. hit Good the uh, Hawkman because Hawk, it has a Hawkman, mace. Justice League, and then and then Sentry. Uh, but we are looking at Sword Daughters. This is written by Brian Wood, art by uh, Mac Charter, and uh, the main reason I picked this book up is uh, Brian Wood and Mac Charter back into the world of Vikings with Sword Daughter number one from Dark Horse Comics. And this follows a young girl and her father who, after their village was destroyed... I think she's 12. I'm doing the math. Because she was attacked... The village was attacked when she was two. Okay. And he's been asleep for ten years. Okay. Mathmagical. Math, yeah. Mathematical. What, uh, so she's no longer a young girl? No, no, she's 12. She's you 12. Said, you said you don't know her age. You said... Oh. I thought I'd just called her a young girl. You said she's a young girl. You said you said she's a I young girl. I don't know her girl. age. And I said, I think she's 12. I think she's 12. Uh, I mathed it out. I was proud little, that I mathed it out. This 12-year-old's a little feral. She's a little blood crazy. She wants to kill. She wants revenge. Well, what else do you want? She's when you're mad raised at by her father that he took a slumber for twelve for ten years. Uh, and these two are going to hunt down the people that destroyed their village yeah, and the killed their swords. The forty-four swords. Forty-four swords. Because they're not the forty hey, swords. Hey, the forty. You're swords. acting like yeah. you just read this where I read this. Two months ago. <laughs> the 40 sorts, because they're not the 88. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're not the crazy 88. Uh, <laughs> this was a very easy book to read. Not a lot of dialogue. They give you the gist of what's going on. Definitely feels well, like... daughter, she can't even talk. Like, she speaks in, icon- uh, in icons. And, yeah. And, and, and people understand her somehow. Um... So I'm kind of interested what it would sound like. Like, what sh- is she? Yeah, oh, I must be talking about she, bird. She mostly <laughs> just like she mostly like gestures to things. But I, I know she was two when her father went into like his deep sleep, his coma, whatever it was. But there's other people in the town, which is kind of what struck me because it's like, oh no, like everyone knows who who these two are. Like they're not strangers. They've interacted with other people. Like she's been watching over her father for ten years, and like this dude knows everyone else in the town too. So she had some sort of upbringing. So I don't know why she doesn't 
speak because she can interact with. But you do have her there. monologue yeah, going on yeah. throughout the book. But that's her at, as she's older because she's mm, telling you the story of she, how she can, how she became who she she's, was. You know, she mentions that she's been raised by the nuns who keep her locked in a room where she has to just transcribe, you know, Bible verses over and over again. You know, to save, you know, to make copies. And so she's literate, or she can write symbols. She might not be literate. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where she is mentally, but she, yeah, like John said, is a young girl with a bloodlust. And she's like, stab. Don't kill him. Stabby stab. <laughs> you shouldn't have done that. Stab one more time. Uh, so what can you do? <laughs> and they're going to go out and kill all 40 of the 40 swords. Well, 42 right now, because they haven't even gotten to the 40 swords yet. Yeah. Just the people that the 40 swords dealt with. Uh, I thought it was a fun book. I don't think I would pick up issue two. I think maybe I'd, if it was on sale, I'd pick up the trade. I'm interested in the book, but I'm not month to month Yeah, you interested. don't get enough for the $3 in a single issue. And yep. I'm hoping it was only two ninety nine. I'm pretty sure it was two ninety nine. Okay. Because if you know, indie it's... books they can run three ninety nine and I think this is a little short on story for three ninety nine. I, I would agree. Um I did like this book, but when you read a Brian Wood Viking story, you have so much other content that came previously to go through. And if this was in the pages of Northlanders, I feel like this would be one of those short maybe two three issue arcs that would be in one of the bigger trades and you would just read me like oh like at least I got more Brian Wood Viking story but this doesn't live up to what I've seen him do before and what I know he's capable of and I mean yeah it's only reading the first issue but reading this maybe be like man it's a great series (laughs) and even even the Black Road and this like was more more action packed and more like it, it drew you in more than this book draws you in yeah, I I don't dislike this, but it would be a backup in Northlanders for me. Like this would be something else that I would read after reading the, the main story. I feel. Yeah, I, I I can see that, and I can agree. It seems a little slow. Um, something that we're not quite enjoying. John, talking about things you're not quite enjoying. Oh, let's talk about Hawkman. No, I was going to talk about Collective Arts and Magic Brewing Company's oh. Berliner style. A dry hop sour ale brewed with orange zest. Like, I feel like we're we're just, you know, you're, you're just moving through these beers because you're not really enjoying them. I don't think they're the best, but any other day, if I was alone and I had this beer and I cracked it open, and this is, goes back to what Chris and I were talking about with, like, you know, the beer we drank. <laughs> you know, like I would open this up and this would be fine. I would enjoy it. I would just sip on it, enjoy it for what it is, and not like be like, Ugh, I could be drinking so much better right now. Because honestly, in my fridge, I don't have much better than this in my fridge. You know, this is what I would have. There's, I don't have a much back backup. I moved the beer, the Bagnabord Cast Cellar. Yeah, but the Bagnabord Cast Cellar is that. That's not you. You don't drink that alone. No, you don't. So all it is is you just transported beer here that still doesn't get drank. Drank. Yeah. This is. It is not. 
it's not a good Berliner. There are any number of ones that are better than that. It, it has a good pucker on the back. I, I don't understand yeah, what's it's not it's good not, about no, it. No, it's not a good pucker. It's <laughs> you, For the guy, too, who doesn't like sours, I'm surprised you like this. <laughs> this is what I expect when I hear sour. It's got that orange kind of zest, kind of marmalade kind of flavor, and then you're, right back you're, here. You're, right back here. You're really drawing at that. I'm not. I, I this. That's what I taste. I don't get. I get the the sour. The sour is there, but then you get it. You get that acrid aftertaste. It is just like the back of the tongue. You get that okay. sour. It goes away, and then it's just this not pleasant flavor still sitting on your tongue. And that, and that, I will say that the beer makes you go. Well, let's wash that away. <laughs> right. Let's wash it away. Uh, ooh, that tart's there, and then it's like. Yeah, I get tart. I'm not getting acrid. I'm not getting bile like the other one was when we first. It's very that. close to that. Like right now on my tongue, <laughs> on that back part, yeah, um, it's okay. just like kind of just dancing there. Of just kind of like take another sip or wash your mouth out. I get tart. I'm not getting acrid. I'm not getting bile. You like, get the. T- I will say the tart is there, but it <laughs> finishes. No, no, at I, the yeah. end with this kind of unpleasantness, and I that's why I was like, well, I don't want to. I'm not I don't want to drink mouth. something I can't that argue leaves with in... what you're tasting. <laughs> you know, I don't know why you're arguing with me what I'm tasting. No, I'm, I'm, like, I'm just okay. saying, like, uh, that's what I get. And that's why mm-hmm. I was like, well, I don't want to continue drinking this if because it just leaves that If I was bad poured flavor. this at a bar and they, handed, you know, if I ordered a sour, they poured this and they gave it to me, I wouldn't be like, I want a refund. I wouldn't say that. I I would be happy to drink it. Since we're here on the podcast and we're going, we have all these beers to get through. It's like, okay, is this the best thing right now for me to drink? Well, I do have to drive home. There's that economy going on in my mind. I'm like, okay, John's pouring another one. I'll push this aside because this is one that he, that, you know, maybe this one's even better coming up. Like, so it's like, ah, I like this last one. Okay, well, we'll talk about that in a bit after we talk about Hawkman. All I know is I should be drinking Barrel Runner like Chris, and I'd be happy. <laughs> he made the right choice. Uh, I'm, hey, I, I'm still drinking it. I only had, like, the one bottle today, but it's it's so nice. It's just, you just don't drink it to drink it. It's And I have it's a two DKMLs sitting in there with some other beers for you. And I just remembered you had a four-pack of Woodcock Brothers for you. You don't have to give me any money for that. <laughs> No, I bought. I said, oh, "Do you I want?" I said, "Yes, I'll pick some." And, yeah. and then I bought you a four pack, and then you bought your own four pack. But as Paul exits the room to go use the bathroom, let's talk about Hawkman number one from DC Comics. This is written by Jeff Lemire and Robert Venditti, pencils by Brian Hitch. And the one thing you can say about this book is it doesn't look bad. Uh, it doesn't look bad. I it, it's a really low bar, but I think this is one of the better Hawkman books that we've read over the course of the podcast. Though I feel like Hawkman's one of those characters that DC does keep trying to reintroduce and bring back, but it's always missing something. And I think they're kind of more on the way now with making him like action adventurer. Uh, Archaeologist. Action adventure, like, yeah, it's yeah, it's Dr. Jones with wings. 
you know, he's he's kind of on his way there, and he's now going back and researching his previous lives. And I think that's a good hook for a story. Um, I don't know. Is this an ongoing? I think it's or an it ongoing. Series? Well, it's 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 ongoing until it's, yeah. it's dropped off. Yeah, inevitably canceled. Yeah. Um, I didn't dislike this book. Like I said, it's one of the better Hawkman comic books that we've read, but it's still not a strong showing, even though it has some pretty top-tier creators on it with Jeff Lemire, uh, Robert Venditti, who I've really been enjoying over in the Green Matter corner of things. But then also Brian Hitch, like superstar artist from Marvel's The Ultimates, uh, handling Hawkman, you know, basically like a D-tier you know, maybe C for some people, but one of those lower rung DC superheroes. I think where this uh, book, I, I think he where this book job. takes the turn, because the him flying in or swimming in mm-hmm. and getting the eye of blah 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 He's from the giant from stone gorilla and escaping from that—that that is more on the fun side. That's the Indiana Jones mm-hmm. side. But then when he goes to see Manum, uh, I want to see. Yeah, Xanadu. Madam Xanadu. Excuse me. I just read this. <laughs> That's where this book slightly <laughs> takes the turn, and it's kind of where I'm like, I, I lose interest. Right. If it was more that, hey, I'm an adventurer, let's find that next piece to put in the museum or to sell to finance this mm-hmm. or that, it makes more sense. And then this book also makes me feel like there's no Hawk Girl. And then when you read Justice League, there's Hawk Girl, and I was like, "Wait a minute! That Hawkman made it seem like she wasn't around, well, but maybe an, she's or just isn't important, not around." Well, it's. I think so much of Hawkman's like character history has been tied into Hawk Girl because Hawk Girl has that kind of recognition from being in the Justice League comic book where creators have felt the need to be like, no, we have to tell the Hawks story. Like it needs to be about them. And people just have more of an affinity for Shaira and Hawkgirl that then Hawkman just seems kind of tacked on. I'm okay with them saying like, no, like we're going to tell his story because he wants to know his history. Like he wants to know who he is. Um, And I can still see this kind of being that, Oh, he's going on the adventures he might not be looking for stuff to sell to the museum, but it's more self, self-awareness self that he's searching for. And the overarching story of him trying to learn that history throughout the years and throughout space and time, I guess, is going to be what pushes the story forward. And each issue will be like, oh, now I got to get the blah, 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 hooky dank. Man, like, hooky dank. He'll get there, you know, and... Oh, you got to get the, the blah, blah, hooky dank, man. It's going to be... It's going to be a bitch. Um, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not great. It's not bad. I'd be okay with a mini series of this. I don't know if I would actively read it all, but it, it interested me enough that, you know, John, if you did pick up number two, uh, I'm going to be picking it. up issue number two. Uh, I didn't like it enough to, to pick up at number two. They got me on Jeff Lemire and Venditti on this. And, and Brian and Brian Hitch on it art. I was like, okay, yeah, that's a pretty big team on this book. I'll pick up issue one. It didn't. I didn't love it enough to get number two. And I've been desperately craving superhero books 
to that sit are just super and, hero and sit yeah. and read that really that I really love. And I haven't had those. I haven't had that in quite a while. I went back and bought some of the old ones. There's one thing in this book that they introduced in Hawkman that I don't think they really played up or introduced in any other Hawkman book. It's that, oh yeah, he's he keep constantly gets reincarnated, and he's met all these other people. And there's that guy that's on the fishing boat, and he's taking them out and losing a whole day's pay because he saved his grandfather at one point. And he grew up hearing stories of this Hawkman, who they thought were angels. And I'm like, Oh, that would be a really cool way for Hawkman to go to place to place, constantly introducing a new, like, side character that his, one of his past lives, inter, you know, interacted with. So you get a little bit of that past life, plus, you know, that current adventure. I'm like, okay, that's cool, you know, let's let's do that. And then you get to Madame Xanadu, and putting the blood on the conch shell of destiny, and you're like, oh, okay, well, there's a big bad that's only he... Is the key to not, you know, it's the thing, it's kind of like an MMORPG, Chris, where every character has to be the main hero of the story, even though there's yeah. thousands of heroes, and one of them is Superman. Superman's the main hero, man. Like, we could say, you can try to say Batman or Green Lantern, but if there's an ultimate threat to the world, it's not falling on Hawkman's shoulders. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, no, it's no, it's, fall it's on not Superman's. Like, <laughs> but it's 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 not a not a terrible book it's though. Terrible. Like, it's I keep saying it's one of the better Hawkman books that I've read. And I think if I was a big Hawkman fan, I'd be like, oh, this was great. Like, this is my number one book, guys. Everything else can go home. Like, I I think they did a really good job with a character that should be interesting but he's just not I, I think they might have found a way to maybe that's why we like that. booster gold so much in blue beetle because like they'll have a problem then they see a, a a cataclysmic event coming along and they'll go to superman and everybody because they're like we're just booster gold in blue beetle and they'll and then batman and superman will be like yeah don't worry about it guys we'll if anything were to happen, we'd know about it. They're like, no, no, you you don't actually know about this. Yeah, schedule a meeting for Thursday. They're like, no, world's ending on Wednesday. We got, we got to talk to you now. And they're like, you know, they kind of get brushed to the side and then they have to deal with it. Maybe maybe that's how Hawkman would... Like, I need that interaction, I guess, more so than this interaction of, like, Hawkman actually feeling like he is the linchpin? I guess... He's not, you know? John Run But he is room. in his own story. Yeah, well, even in his own story, he's not <laughs> a linchpin. Sorry, I had to go get a charger for my phone. I'm about to die. Okay. What's the next book? Ooh, do that. Uh, the next book would uh, be Justice League oh. Dark. Uh, and this is brought to us by James Tinian and Alvaro Martinez. Hey guys, there's something up with magic. Yeah, like We're always. Sh- <laughs> Every time magic happens, like <laughs> it's always broken. It always has to be broken because there are no rules to magic to start with. How can you break the rules of magic when you don't have rules to start? Ah, I don't want to talk about this book. It makes me angry. Uh, and then just take this, copy and paste it when we talk about Doctor Strange. 
I'm yes. done. Well, I, I, I think one of these books was better than the other, and I'm going to say Justice League Dark was the agree. better of the two. That's fine, it's but I'm still fine. angry. <laughs> it's a it's a known team. I mean, we're not getting any characters that would be a surprise in a Justice League books like folks on match. We get Constantine, we get Satana. Uh, I guess your surprise character could be Detective Chimp, even though he had like such a strong role in like the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, I guess, yeah, Man Bat. I guess yeah, I forgot he was in it. Um, but yeah, basically, Madge is broken, or in the process of breaking, and Wonder Woman's kind of getting a team together to uh, to get to the bottom of it. I, I'm i sorry, Paul, I know you love him. I think this is stronger than Jeff Lemire's Justice League Dark that we had a couple years ago. Uh, I'm, I'm in. I really dug this book. I like all the characters in it, but I've always liked the Justice League Dark characters. I think... It's a great team that I want to see handled well, and I think this is doing uh, it. I would agree. It started out a little rough, but by the time you get to Wonder Woman drinking in the bar with Detective Chimp, being like, I don't fucking get it. I'm Wonder Woman. I ask these people for help, and nobody <laughs> wants to help me. And Detective Chimp being like, yeah, maybe it's because you're a jerk. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> and then Detective Chimp being like, hey, I'll help you. It's a crime. Puts his hat on. Uh-huh. Let's go. He's <laughs> just like, your sucker cap He's, He's like, the right, Nightmaster let's now. go. Yeah. And so I, that's the thing. And I, what does that mean? And the Doesn't team matter. put together, I think it is fun. And it, I don't understand why it's never been thought of before. To put Wonder Woman in the Justice League Dark before. Like, yeah, she takes care of magic monsters. And she's in that world. It makes total sense. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense why Swamp Thing is there. It makes total sense why yeah. um, Zatanna is there. And even uh, depowered Zatanna at that right now. And I did like that, you know, that Man-Bat character. Because when I saw him on the cover, I was like, man, how are they going to use it? But when they use him on that he's a scientist and he's trying to he's basically yeah, like and a he's trying to be that per like he's trying to be a better person because he's had moments where like yeah i tried to kill batman but now i'm trying to help the world and then you also have detective chimp there like i didn't think it was going to work but i liked all the components and when you added them all up i think it works out well and also how they're writing the other magicians and magic users in the mm-hmm. world that they're almost like no they're not going to help us we need to do this but w- ultimately what they want to do is just bury their head in the sand mm-hmm. kind of a thing and i i liked how all of it did play out even when constantine showed up and disappears into the shadows like to me it it did feel like it all worked if i pick up issue 2 it's a maybe but i would pick up the trade. I would yeah. want to sit down and read it all in one I, I feel like this and Justice League, when we do talk about that book, both kind of feel like those event books that we would have had back in the early 2000s, like something like Day of Vengeance, where it's centered on that magic universe. Because we get just a huge group of characters in this, and 
yeah, you know, they're all magic users, but it is still just like that random smattering of characters that seem just thrown together to handle a a threat that's spinning out of the No Justice thing, which spun out of Batman Metal. Uh, even going back, you know, two, three months ago, whenever we had our the No Justice number one or number zero, I don't remember what the issue was. That it was both, that really actually. interested me, and the because it was DC Universe was it? number okay, zero, both? and then yeah, that's then right, number yes, one of DC Universe No Justice or DC Justice League No Justice number one, whatever the title was. Yeah, yeah I, I think it that was a good catalyst for telling these stories because I I want to know more. I want to see where this goes. And also, I think this book looks really, really I like the new good. character design on Swamp Thing. Okay. With, like, the dread, yeah, I li- the dready hair and like- beard made out of the vines and stuff. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I-, I didn't really catch it as a new character design. I just it was just kind of reading quickly for the show. Um, <sighs> yeah, he looks slightly more overgrown. I just feel now, like I this is a book I've read often and i'm like granted the characters that they're throwing together are fun the interaction in the bar was good constantine being like no you guys are afraid with change and i just deal with it um i was good you know there's good character beats in it but the overall story i feel is just so rehashed and yet again they're not going to set up any rules it's not going to matter it just well, well yeah. I mean, welcome to being a comic book reader, Paul. That's kind of how it is. Like, the stories that we read month to month, year to year, event to event, it, it's all, in one way or another, kind of been done before. And you're looking for those character interactions. And that, you know, new weird team that, you know, it's got Man Bad Detective Chip on it. Like, that's weird, right? But it, it works. And it works really well. I, you know... Yeah, and I'm hoping Sign Santana gets over her daddy issues finally. Oh no, never, never, never. <laughs> I it, I think if yes, it does seem wrote played before. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's played out because, in a sense, when you when these magic books do come around, it's only. Watch every every ten years. years. No, it's every three. Every yeah. three? Every three. What was the last time we had a magic book like this? Uh, the last time I ever said the phrase, this is magic, and they're finally going to write the rules for magic. I feel like we just had that with <laughs> Doctor Strange, like, a little while ago, where uh, Loki the takes Jason, over. The Jason and, yeah, Air, Oh, the, and, yeah, and, that one. And, you know, every, magic has a price, and yeah, then we got to pay for it. that's Marvel. This is DC. You can't group all <laughs> just magic books like that. <laughs> I think the last time... I don't know when was the last time we had it. Probably the last time we had Justice League Dark number one or uh, Shadow Pack number one. Yeah. It's just... I mean, it's it's something that has to be done. And, I mean, you can have the characters dealing with magic in their solo books, but it's the, these bigger stories that make yeah. it more interesting for me, at least. So, talking about dealing with things, uh, Bob, dealing with a lot in Century number one. <laughs> Good old Bob. Oh, Bob. Bob Reynolds, a.k.a. The Century, the greatest Marvel hero to ever exist, who was forgotten back in a series that came out, like, 
2001, yeah, 2002. Century came out. He died, and then now he's been placed in a pocket dimension, or he uses a pocket dimension, dimension to use his powers to fight the shadow. So then he doesn't have void. to use his powers in the real world to create the shadow, or whatever his the villain is, the void that the void. Uh, will destroy could the world. could destroy the world. Uh, you know what suckered me into this book? What written by Jeff Lemire. So Hawkman, and he got he got I got double I got two sides of it too he, he, Marvel and uh, he got and DC between either six to eight dollars worth of money out of you. Yes. Uh. So as we said, he's using a pocket dimension to use his powers. He goes into the void, and this feels like it's definitely really taking a hit from uh, Miracle Man, because there's the Sentry lad, mm-hmm. who is a fry cook with him at a little diner, who's missing his arm. There's uh, the waitress at the little diner who used Kenny. to be Sentry Jane or whatever. Uh, the Centress. Centress. Uh, thank you. I read the book. <laughs> I read the book like, in June like, while I was in the car, <laughs> like before I came up here. Um, and it feels very much like it's taking a beat from. Those Mr. Miracle things. Except, you know, it's he has the release where these other characters, like uh, the the fry cook, are... They want to have that power again. They want to be Kid Sentry again. And then at the end of this, the pocket dimension where he goes to be the superhero, the Sentry, is stolen from him. Which means he's going to end up having to be the century in the real world again and have to fight the void that would have to come out. Because the century, I don't know the century's power, but so He's when Superman he, level, but when he uses his power, it basically empowers the villain. His like an alter yeah. ego. Yeah. Basically he's like the ultimate shining beacon of light and his existence sparks the void, which is so like the more he uses. This. So one can't exist without the other. So his being the sentry causes this terrible threat to come out. So, which is why Doctor Strange created like this pocket dimension for him to exist in. So when he's in like the quote unquote real world, that's why that's why he's like fry cook, like working at the like the greasy spoon diner, like that's and he's got a little bit of a gut. Do. Mm-hmm. Well, because all you're doing is eating leftovers from the greasy greasy spoon diner. He can't afford any kind of actual groceries, so he's just bringing that home all day. Uh, I just don't care about this character, like because yeah. it's it seems so like a different takeoff of the Captain Marvel universe, you know, with Billy Batson and the kid, you know. Uh, it's meant to. It's yeah. meant to feel. It's the whole story was this was like a forgotten Stan Lee creation uh, from that time period with mm-hmm. with that. But it's, it feels so like. No, we also had it. It's it just why you guys have enough characters that are awesome and great with their own stories. Like this seems like, well, we'll also try what DC was doing or Charleston was doing, but now in the aughts, like, and and then in the 2010s, and like it's like, it's it gives them the ability to do that, but be edgy. Marvel isn't about legacy, so I don't get it. 
Yeah, it, it's not supposed to be gotten, I don't think, Paul, okay. by, by you. Uh, I really... <laughs> only wow. because... Well, you, no, no, you just you said the, original, the, the emphasis the, of by you. By you. Because you like there was read, a lot of venom on it. You haven't read that original century book where it came right. out, and they explain what they're doing and why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Chris Chris bought it. He let me have borrow the trade. And I enjoyed that in itself, that story about the century. And then it was a couple years, nobody used them, and then somebody's like, I want to put century on my team. I want to say it was Bendis that... I feel like it, too. To like the, um, the, the dark... The Dark Avengers and stuff like that. At that time period, they brought him back, and it just—I uh, don't. The character doesn't fit in this world, right? And then, even as I said, it—it it, it felt like a takeoff of Mister Miracle. It feels like a takeoff of uh, Shazam. And when they originally made it, it was supposed to be this is that forgotten story that was a takeoff of those, <laughs> but. The clinch, The thing is, is his greatest villain is actually manifested by himself. And then at the end, it seems like the end of that book, it kind of wraps up how how the two are going to collide and, and actually try to end. He's going to try to end himself to end both of them. And on its own, I think that century book, that original story, is really good. And it, it fits on its own. Yeah, right. And the century doesn't belong in this Marvel universe and this is them trying to say no he does but it doesn't because we don't have any feelings for him I've read that original book I've seen him in other things and read him and I didn't get why he was in those and I don't get why he's in this book I think he works well as that kind of like standalone like okay we told the story with him and he literally can't exist and he knows this. So now he does it. It's a great snapshot of a story, almost like something like, uh, Marvel's Marvel's or kingdom come where this story stands alone. It doesn't have to interact with anything else because it's just a good story. Like Marvel had a great thing. Um, it was written by Paul Jenkins art by Jay Lee when it came out like in 2000 and they had a little like, uh, there's a series of one shots and each one was a different superhero from the sixties, slowly remembering who the century was. So it was like fantastic four, Spider-Man, X-Men and the Hulk. Um, Cool thing. Like was when Hulk was around century, like it calmed his rage, but he still had the power. And it was all of them slowly remembering who the century was and then remembering the century brought him back because then it brought back the void. So he literally couldn't exist and not be a threat. That's that's a cool story. Like mm-hmm. one time event. Wow, we can look back at that and be great. Constantly like trying to bring it back and have it be like, well, no. Like we can have the century. He can be our Superman level character. You don't need that in a, in the Marvel universe. We have all these other super powerful heroes or mutants. They just don't have to touch it. That's that's why I don't like this book. Also, I I don't think the art on it was great. I don't even think it was that good. Like yeah, I think they were trying to have that world where he's the sentry in that pocket universe look brighter and happier, and then the real world make it a lot more grittier, and he's chubby, and he's got a beard, and make it a little more dark. Which I think there's... I think that's fine to have that distinction between the two worlds that you're telling the story in, 
but I think the art of the century in the quote unquote real world's just not as good as the art of him when he's in uh, his pocket I, dimension. I don't know. Uh, was same it two different that did it? Now I feel like I need to look at that. Um, okay. But, and I, and I just want to say like, yeah, it's, it doesn't fulfill those. It doesn't really that yin and yang. And that's what this character is, is the yin and yang. So there, it felt like they were trying to do that, but maybe to have two artists on the book, one doing that bright and shiny world and then one doing that gritty, that it would really have the change and flow. And yes, that is really bright and shiny, and this is more gritty. And it just feels like it doesn't fit that much. And I also feel like Marvel came to Lemire to do this because Lemire has been doing the the retro characters in a new story with his um his series that he's been doing at Dark Horse uh, uh the black black uh, um anvil black some, black, black hammer. hammer his black hammer he goes with an anvil yeah uh, which he's been really doing a, a really nice job with those books um we read the um yeah, for the, the Doctor episode. Star for a, a a not episode that I haven't posted yet <laughs> <laughs> It's really good. It was a great not episode. Oh yeah, but it'll get it'll get up there. Yeah. Um, His take on a just society. Yeah, and uh, I think I think this book could have potential, but they didn't. I don't. I don't feel like they backed it enough, and I don't feel like it needs to exist. I'd rather it be in that dark hammer universe or black hammer universe. Like have it be that. Oh. It's a re- modernization of the Shazam family. And yeah. here it is. And it, he exists in his own world. Like, when he says Shazam, it, it doesn't like, give him the power. It basically transports him to this other world where he's fighting in... Yeah. Yeah. Make uh, it work. It makes total sense, especially with having the Sinestris sentryness yeah. yeah. And the this kid, Marvel kid and, sentry. Mm-hmm. Like, it definitely... <laughs> I think he nailed it, Paul. Like, yeah, he has a dog. They asked him to do like something, and he just took one of those stories and from Black Hammer and put it into the Marvel book. Mm-hmm. Like, the more he gets empowered by the power Shazam, Tess Adam, you know, becomes more powerful. Yeah. And, I don't know, like, it just, yeah, I think we all agree. It doesn't belong in the Marvel universe, but the story belong, it, it should exist. It's a good story to tell. It just doesn't belong where it is. Misty yeah. Knight shouldn't show up in it. They shouldn't mention <laughs> Stephen Strange. It should just, just be on its own. Yeah. But uh, I'm talking about Stephen Strange. Chris, why don't you talk about Doctor Strange? Yeah, uh, that's going to head us over into Doctor Strange number one. Uh, this one's a relaunched version of the character, uh, written by Mark Wade with art by Jesus Saiz. Uh Doctor Strange is starting to lose his magical abilities. Uh, this has happened from time to time where, you know, the magic starts to wane, but he always has to wait to get it back. But now the magic's just leaving leaving the world. Uh, so he calls his pseudo-friend Tony Stark to help try to talk him through it, and Tony Stark decides, like, well, no, like I, I'm an engineer. I think of ways to fix things. There's more magic out there in other planets. Like, go there and get it. So we get space strange. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. 
And that's bas- basically what it is because Doctor Strange can't access the other realms or dimensions that he would normally draw power from because he just has no more magic available. So he just starts to go to different worlds. Yeah, or that's yeah because that's, all that's I have the end of the book, book right there when he arrives on the other world. Uh, this is kind of a uh, kind of a good introduction to who the character Stephen Strange is, Doctor Strange, without the magic, like, why he is a hero without his powers. Though, it's just not interesting to me. I just don't care. Like, I thought the last, the Jason Aaron book, the uh, Doctor Strange, it's probably the last Doctor Strange issue, number one, that we read, where it felt more like the Doctor Who of Doctor Strange where he has this companion that shows up and, and then he's like no, all this, yeah. all this weird stuff's happening in the world and I'm the only one that solves it it seems more interesting than him going out spacecrafting like it's just, I, I just don't care Yeah, it just doesn't matter um, and that's it's so weird because it does have some good character moments and that's what you would come to expect from a book mm-hmm. being written by Mark Wade but it's ultimately just the story itself. I I don't yeah. have an interest in it. I mean, I guess when you're trying to think of something new and different to do with Doctor Strange, like, okay, I mean, we can send him out into space, but I mean, I guess he can learn about new, different types of wild magic there, but that's not a good enough hook for me to, to read the book. Uh, no, it was boring, uh, I was I, I bought this too, Chris. Um, because I was like, oh, Mark Wade, Mark Wade and Doctor Strange. Okay, yeah. Uh, it didn't have that Mark Wade like this is what I want to write. Mm-hmm. I have a story to write. It's more of I'm going to uh, hey, introduce Flash Kids. Write this, and then he's like, oh, okay. You know, it was like more like we want you to do a Doctor Strange. Because it, it just seems, I mean, he can tell so much of a story without having to use so many dialogue boxes. Mm-hmm. And even just that um, that Captain America, that first issue where Captain America goes back to that small town. And, like, so much was told without having to have so many dialogue boxes. Where this thing is just, like, a prose written for each page. Like, it's it's just seemed like, oh, okay, I'm just, you're really driving home all the the story where it yeah. for me the like the book starts off okay where it's basically the flashback to him as the sorcerer supreme and then once it starts to kind of work through him losing his power and he's hearing the echoes of stuff as he's walking through his mansion on Bleecker Street like that was okay but it's yeah. right when he meets Tony Stark that that's where like the book really starts to lose it for me. And it wasn't necessarily their interaction, because I think that was kind of a good character play between the two of them. But it's when he's like, all right, so now I'm in space. I have a spaceship. That's where I was like, okay, I I don't necessarily What did it make cooler anymore. if he receives a knock, like, right before he meets up with Tony Stark, before he calls him, like, he gets a knock on the door, and it's like a little kid that is suddenly, like, just trying to deal with all the magic power that Stephen Strange used to deal with and he's like I don't know what this means but I'm the Sorcerer Supreme now and it's like him trying to like take in a kid 
don't know. Didn't I? I need, didn't keep up on the last Doctor Strange yeah. book too because it seems very much like he was trying to deal with mm-hmm. something on that side. I don't know. I need to read it, but I don't know. I just I found this lacking, and the artwork wasn't bad, but just. It might have been in the coloring of it, but everything came off very oh. stiff. Yeah, I would, I would, I would agree. If somebody uh, did it say it was Tony Stark, I wouldn't with, have thought um, it was him. Fraser, Fraser, Fraser Irving art. Yeah. yeah. Um, he just says he's done other stuff that I've read and enjoyed too. Like I know he can do a little bit more um, action in his books. He did some of the OMAC stuff from back when they did the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like, he was doing like, the OMAC series. He did this, like, the stuff that circled on uh, Max Lord and all that. So, I mean, he's not a bad artist, but I, I don't know if it's just in the coloring or what, but... Uh, not one of my favorite books from this month. And, like I said before, I bought this book when it came out back at the beginning of June, and I read it. And I couldn't remember anything that happened in it so when I went back to reread it and I was like oh this is why because it's just it's boring yeah I I didn't finish it I got to the Tony Stark stuff and I had stopped back in June and then I picked up where I had left off and then I was like oh yeah now I remember why I stopped reading it like it just fell off and to be honest I didn't finish it like I, you, you didn't miss out. Like his ship crash lands on, like the Shire homeworld. He gets captured, and he's like, "No, I'm I'm here. I need help with magic." And then they're like, "What's magic?" Yeah. And um, it just uh, it just didn't. I don't. Know, it just didn't sit well with me. And from having really enjoyed the Jason Aaron stuff, it just felt like. Uh, I don't know, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel like, I never liked really, I never really liked Doctor Strange until that Jason Aaron book, and then it seemed like they were almost doing the exact same way that Jason Aaron started his Doctor Strange, and then totally just shifted it out into Doctor Strange goes to space with no power, like no magic. And it's just like, okay, I can understand where you're going with that, but it just didn't why I know you guys just had Iron Man in space a couple years ago I mean who else can we just put in space and it just didn't it didn't add up to me yeah Uh, another Mark Wade book that I think actually works a bit better though is Ant-Man the Wasp number one and this is the first part of a five issue miniseries uh, written by Mark Wade like I said with art by Javier Garone and this is Scott Lang back as Ant-Man, uh, hailing around with Hank Pym's adopted daughter, Nadia, which I didn't know existed. Apparently she's been around. I just you know, didn't know she, uh, she was a thing. But Scott Lang's on an alien world. He's getting a gift for his daughter's birthday. Uh, he's trying to get back. He messes it up. And then it's up to Nadia, a.k.a. the new Wasp, to go to the subatomic realm to try to bring him back. And spoilers, this uh, book came out before the Ant-Man movie. And as soon as I saw the movie, I was like, holy crap, that's what happens in the comic books. Like the comics <laughs> spoiled the movie where it's like, okay, Scott Lang, Ant-Man's trapped in this sub-powered uh, 
subatomic particle quantum realm, uh, how is he going to get out? Yeah, uh, this book had really nothing for me because this is like once they go sub uh, subatomic and they're like, oh, all the rules that you know about science, they don't exist in matter. So we got this red creature that sucks the life out of the other creatures and space vampire. Yeah. And that's what's happening. And why did you unshrink? Because I was afraid I'd run into a space vampire. Well, you stay shrunk and you're running into a space vampire. So, I don't know. Uh, at the very end, though, like when the, the wasp took off her mask and she was rubbing her eyes, I thought she was crying, and I'm like, oh shit, did they, like, time jump him so Cassie, or whatever his daughter's name is, is now older, and she's actually the wasp, and she's the one that came f- to find him, and, like, when the original wasp, Nadia, like, tried to catch the beam, she missed, and now it's 20 years later, not just two weeks, you know, like they said, and she's the wasp now? Nope. And her eyes are red. And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. That's not enough of a cliffhanger. I don't, like, I don't know what that means. Red eyes. Okay, cool. We don't know. That's why it's to be continued. Yeah, but there's not enough of a hook there to actually make me care about finding it out. I like this book. It was fun. Yeah, see, and this is kind of the opposite, I think. Like, this is a book that I want to see more of because I like the characters and want more of the story. Um, I didn't know who Nadia was. I'm still getting to know her, but I think Mark Wade does a great job with Scott Lang in this book. It's, It's the Scott that I came to know and love from the Nick Spencer series. You know, your demon plan, and I think they did like a slashing ant man after that. Uh, I dug it, I, I like the art in it, it's really slick looking. Uh, they hand like the weird quantum realm alien stuff pretty well, and I think you know it does have some questions. Um, like you said, it kind of throws the rules of science out, out the window, yeah, it does because that doesn't make sense. What are you actually breathing when you're smaller than an atom? Mm-hmm. What are you looking at when like you're smaller than a photon? Like how does how does that work? I don't think we're necessarily going to get those answers in this book, but I like the questions being asked because it shows that like yeah like they they can think about this kind of thing. I don't know. It's not bad. It's only a miniseries too. Like even if it was an ongoing, I, I like Ant Man enough that you know I'd probably continue to pick it up. I thought it was fun. I liked it. Okay. I, I you don't you don't you know yeah, I, I think it's a great time com- we do we don't have to like something that yeah. the other guys do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the I I don't think it has to exist. I think this book definitely came out as just like a companion piece to the Ant-Man and the Wasp movie. But I I think it's a pretty good freestanding comic book miniseries. Like I mm-hmm don't feel like this is too forced or anything like for me this is just hey more more fun ant-man books hey you know what's fun drinking with your friends <laughs> i'm still drinking with john over here and we're still it drinking is. these collab beers between collective arts and this one is uh with garage brewing uh garage beer company this is a low impact pale ale brewed with manatuka hops uh only 4.8 percent all these have been lower abv uh, which is great for Except me. Except the right one now. that was 7.2. Uh, 
7.3 oh. for the hot pink. Hot pink. Okay, well, I don't think I finished the hot pink. Oh, no, that's... That no, I the, did. The IPA. Uh, this is decent. This is good. It's a good This is the one I like ale. the most out of the four collabs this has got did. that piney kind of resiny kind of flavor, but it's very smooth. It and it's very smooth, and it got, it's got a little citrusy to it. Mm-hmm. It's just got enough of that citrus to cut it through to make it refreshing without being drying. Because when you think resin, piney resin, I think of a drying IPA, something that just makes you want to make, take another sip. This is smooth, a really decent beer that I would drink slowly because I like the flavor, but I could drink it quickly because of the lower ABV. Decent. Uh, yeah, I, I not, like I said, I liked it. Um, I'm going to add another beer, Chris. Uh, another collab. Okay. This is Typecast. This is a collab between uh, Lawson's and Two Roads Brewing. And this is a New England farmhouse IPA. Uh, Sean Lawson from Lawson's Brewing is the IPA guy. And Nick... Markowski from Two Roads is their farmhouse guy. And these guys came together to make a really nice... Yeah, it's different. It's uh, so different. Uh, New England, New, farmhouse IPA. You know, that kind of saison IPA. You get clove, you get bananas, you get a nice hop mm-hmm. to it. Uh, very, very good. Um, I wanted to grab something because... I have a habit of buying these beers to wait to drink with the podcast and not getting a chance to drink them when they were super fresh. Um, this is uh, packaged back in uh, July, so I kind of wanted to get to drinking it. I only have the one can. Um, Paul took a sip. He liked it. Uh, I like it, too. I think it's um, one of those Belgian IPAs that we used to really, really like with that short window when they were very popular. Uh, and we haven't had anything like that again. And um, I think this is very good. You get a nice farmhousiness. The hop characters are there. Six and a half percent. Very nice. That sounds and, good. And uh, with that, we can get over into Paul's books. Uh, oh. oh, well, I, just to talk about a beer that I had. I don't, I don't have it now, but it was one of the beers I picked up when Paul and I were going to be playing video games. It was from Clown Shoes. It was their oh, yeah. Moon Bear. Uh, Moon Bear was really good. It was a uh, milk stout that had been brewed with Vietnamese coffee. Uh, it was a big boy. I don't remember what the ABV on it was, but it was definitely the smallest beer I had that night, but I still think it was around like 7 to 8%. Uh, Four-pack of it was probably about like 15 bucks, but I... I really enjoyed it. It had a great, just like big coffee flavor to it. It was kind of everything that I wanted the Bad Larry's hard coffee <laughs> to be, uh, where it was like that, that uh, the Starbucks double shot. Like it had just like that big coffee taste, but there was a nice little richness on the back end from like the lactose sugars that it was brewed with. Uh, definitely something I would pick up again if I just wanted something like a big coffee beer to have. Um, it was just really drinkable, and you know, it it did its job. Moon Bear and Clown Shoes. Moon Bear. It sounded good. I was. I'm going to keep my eye open for it because that sounds like a good bomber to pick up. Yeah, I don't know if it um it comes in bombers. I picked up a 
the four pack ooh, of the ooh. Tallboy. Even better. Cans that Tallboy they camps. Uh, but yeah, definitely keep an eye out for it because it's it's definitely worth a drink. Even if like, you just find like a single can of it just to have it. Being off for the week uh, on vacation, then I could drink a little bit more than normal. Uh, well, I appreciate it. I think that brings me to us to my books, and I only had two. Uh, let's start with Justice League number one. Uh, Scott Snyder, uh, Chung on art, and this starts right after No Justice. The source wall has been breached, and there is a threat looming coming towards Earth, and apparently Vandal Savage has been preparing it for it this whole time. But Lex Luthor has a different strategy, and the Justice League is trying to develop a strategy really quick for what to do with this impending uh, energy strike that is coming from the source wall. Uh, and this deals a lot with uh, Marshall Manhunter being the Marshall Manhunter we all know and love. It's been a while. The heart, the soul, the connection. Yeah, the, the heart, the, the introspective Martian. Wondering about his place on the team when he clearly deserves yeah, he, it. He, he can become a giant dragon creature and destroy something that's on the moon, or blow up the moon. I'm not sure what happened there. I, yep, it seemed like he blew up the moon. I like, thought so. Uh, well, it seemed like Batman had bombs on the, the moon in case there was any he, kind of threat. He, he blew it up. We're gonna blow up the moon. We have uh, the we are Earthlings. Let's blow up Earth things. So much stuff under the water. You don't mess around. You would think Aquaman would be really pissed about blowing up the moon since it kind of, you know, controls the tides. (laughs) It it gives him more land. The tides. I I don't know. It gives like tide really gives him more land, but gives him that little bit of an edge. Uh, There's a couple things that I did not enjoy about this book whatsoever. Almost everything. Uh, it was definitely the blowing of the moon, or maybe not. Not really understanding We're not sure. it. I uh, the symbol on the crest of the Justice League uh, conference table, the psychic conference, uh, psychic conference table, where he's like, "Oh, well, this isn't mm-hmm. just a symbol for the Hall of Justice, which it kind of looks like just a line drawing at the yeah. Hall of Justice. It actually means justice." in the Martian language, but not really just as something quite... I'm like, okay, you guys get to pull that off once. They're approximations. You can pull that off once with the S on Superman's chest, meaning hope, like in Kryptonian. Don't make everything. What, other... Other what? other uh, species can't have different symbols for different they things? They get used here on Earth? Just randomly? No. Uh, especially when the the Hall of Justice looks exactly like, like that. You're like, you can't just make everything that looks kind of something like it, like a symbol. In the, like... Well, we don't know. He would have had like, no. oversight on the No, Batman would have. The plans? He's Batman. Uh, it should have just been the Martian Manhunter symbol. Like, and it was like, hey, the, you know, it's we're all equal pieces to this pie. Or in this circular table. Because that makes more sense for the Martian Manhunter having the circle with all the pie slices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, then it also ties back into the fact that, spoilers, I mean, we always talk about spoilers, you have Lex Luthor bashing in Vandal Savage's head with a rock that has... The, yeah. Like, the, I, thought the door handle. I thought it was the door handle yeah, they were talking the about. the door handle that he can't see because it's... In, with the weird thing where you need near sight or something. 
there's a lot of stuff like that where I'm like, ah, that's just stupid. This, there's some stuff that I liked. This book seemed too broad for Scott Snyder. Like, it seemed like he was really trying to do a huge overarching thing, but also writing it See, I... like a 1980s comic book. That's, like, what I walked away from it. See, I came out of this, well, actually, even just, like, going into it, this hit me with the Scott Snyder that I liked on Batman before it kind of got wonky um, with, like, the metal stuff, because I didn't read that. Maybe I should go back and read because I like the stuff that's spinning out of it with No Justice. I like Scott Snyder when he can do the big overarching throughout the years story and it seems like this is going to draw on the Justice League history it seems like it's going to draw on the Legion of Doom history there's a lot of pieces at play here this doesn't read like a Justice League book it reads like a DC Universe event book and I didn't come into this expecting it to be that even though I know it's the Justice League yeah it's all DC's top tier heroes it seems like it's bigger than the title needs it to be. So, John, your fault for it is kind of what made me be like, wow, okay, like, I- I'm in. This is a Justice League book for people that want that big budget. Justice this is League their summer event book. book. But it's just a single issue. Yeah. You know, it's just a but it, it's, regular series. Yeah, book. it's just mm-hmm. in a month book. But they want to make those monthly books matter and maybe them tying it in, like the, our favorite Green Lantern books were the ones that were leading up to yeah, the Sinestro War and Blackest Night. So here we are again, but this time it's Justice League. And this time the Legion of Doom has a Joker in it. But I heard there's three Jokers running around the DC Universe now, so... So when you... Hey, just so you know, Joaquin Phoenix doesn't care what you think about him playing Joker. No, no. Like in the comics, there's different versions as well. That's also... That was also news. Oh. Joaquin Phoenix doesn't care what you think about him playing Joker. It's okay, because no. I don't have thoughts on no, him I'm not going to think Joker. about it. So he doesn't need to worry about what I'm thinking, because I'm not. Uh, so now when the Joker, I see the Joker, I'm like, I don't know if it... It doesn't have as much weight yeah. if there's three different ones running around. Because it, he's not the Joker. Yeah. If there's three of them, none of them are the Joker. What was the book that referenced? Oh, that happened with. Uh, the, uh, oh, it was the Justice League Dark. It was like, yeah, uh, when Batman, but yeah, like the gimp suit, the Batman. Gimp suit Batman killed him. Like, yeah, the evil from the other. Yeah. That's like, oh, yeah, I'm so metal. glad I didn't read metal. Yeah. If you're going to have multiples of a character, <laughs> make it a character that actually has multiples. Like multiple man. You jump right one. over into that. We got we got our opinions yeah, out on this. Yeah. I think the art looked great. I think the I dug, I love James the, the, uh, James Chung. He's a fantastic character artist. designs. All looked really good. It fits with everything that they've been doing. Um, I if you continue, if somebody continued picking this up, and I had nothing else to read, or I was like, hey, we're doing this river. Um trade and policy i wouldn't begrudgingly read it but it just isn't it doesn't fit into what i'm looking for hmm. 
but uh, like when you said like, oh, this is an event book, but just a normal series kind of a thing. That should be what the Justice League books are. It should be almost like in an event because it's why else would all these high tier superheroes get together? Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, we've had some really strong Justice League stuff over the years, like the Brad Meltzer stuff was all fantastic, but those focus on the more quiet individual, individual character, character moments. moments. Like, and that that was great because so much of what we see in those event books is like that big world ending story and I like that this Justice League is that kind of book but we are still getting character beats in it because it is being handled by Scott Snyder like I feel like yes this was a Justice League book but we had more Martian Manhunter story in this than we've had in the past like three years of this even when we had the Martian Manhunter book that we read like last year like I think this is a better use of Martian Manhunter than we had in that. And I'd even say, series. so I dug it. I'd, I'd even be- say longer than that. Cause I mean, we had the, with the, um, relaunch of the new 52. When he was on Stormwatch. He was on Stormwatch. And that was what? Almost 10 years yeah. ago. No, that was back when Chris and I first moved into the apartment. No, How long was, have you been in your house? Like seven seven years. Like seven years. Yeah, that was like six years. Because we haven't been doing the show for ten years yet. No, uh, We've yeah. done it for nine. So. <laughs> Seven years. Mm-hmm. Someone lied about that and said we were doing it for ten years, though, so I understand that. Hey, we didn't the have the mathematical Paul doing but no, it. No, I, I... John. And then John actually looked it up <laughs> and like, oh, no, we started in uh, 2009. I, I will pick up this Justice League book, though. I really enjoyed the story in it. I want to see where it goes. I, I love James Chung on art. He's been one of like the Marvel kind of like go tos. He was part of like their Young Guns initiative when they launched that. Um, he did Young Avengers, like that was one of my favorite Marvel books. Still stands as one of my favorite Marvel books. Uh, I'm just happy to see him over on the DC side of things and handling literally every yeah, DC it, character. It seems like a good event book. Uh, this seems, you know, I'm just more interested in reading it and as as a trade to see because I don't know if it actually. I don't know the MacGuffin of it of the source wall breaking and just hitting the the Earth with a, a new power set and maybe it'll lead to destruction or maybe lead to the evolution of the the world. Like I'm like, okay, so this is uh, a recon. It could be a recon beam. <laughs> you know, like does it? Yeah. Does it matter? Does it At matter? the end, does it? Does any of it matter? No. DC used to feel like what happened within the world mattered. But they feel and like they reset every and five now, years. And now in comic books, Marvel or DC, none of it feels like it matters. Mm-hmm. Well, that was my problem with Marvel was like, oh, Secret Wars, Secret Avengers, Secret this. Like, every other year, they're going to reset the status quo. So just, if you don't like the status quo, just wait. And then I kept on having this feeling of not liking their status quo, so I just kept on waiting. Yeah. Now I feel the same way. Not only with Marvel, but with also DC. I'm like, I don't enjoy the status quo, so I'll just wait until it gets back to the status quo I enjoy. And well, it, it was like it was like the um, the Avengers team that Rogue put together with all those different yeah. people, and issue two had come out, and they already were showing that this book was ending mm-hmm. and what the new team was going to be. And then you're like, well, that 
new team seems better than this new team. Like, why wouldn't I just wait? Yeah. And then we didn't even bother picking that up. But, Paul, what did you bother picking up? I did p- bother picking up multiple man, number one, out of five, I believe. I, I don't know how many issues it's going to Yep. Uh, this yeah, is written by Matt Rosenberg and art by Andy McDowell Donald uh, colors by Marcos Martin yeah not Andy yeah. McDowell that yes, you think about Groundhog's uh, because it's Color, kind of like colorist is Tamara Buna Villain cover artist oh Marcus Martin sorry uh, this is a uh, the story of a duplicate that gets found, a Jamie Madrox dupe. Uh, Jamie Madrox is multiple man. He takes an impact and he creates a duplicate, duplicate of himself that can go out, have a weird adventure, and then eventually Jamie Madrox can reabsorb that duplicate to get all of that experience and knowledge for himself. Uh, this is uh, apparently during one of the events, the Jamie Prime, the original. We read it. We read that. It was... He died. It yeah. was one of the... Um... Yeah, it was the A versus X by Jeff Lemire, I believe. When oh, uh, the Terrigen yeah. Mists were unleashed on mutants. Earth, and they they mm-hmm. kill mutants. Like, And one uh, of them Jamie, was... This men. duplicate, this Jamie Madrox, uh, hit himself in a bunker and has been surviving alone, and then he's eventually found by the rest of basically x-factor and but he's dying he's he's been affected he he will not survive so he's like yo beast uh help a brother out figure out a cure for this run some tests and then he wallops bishop on the back of the head to steal his like time jumper to jump into the future and hopefully the future far enough ahead so he could get the cure from the beast and survive unfortunately he doesn't know how to use it and just jumps 15 minutes into the future well, and no, because he jumps. He jumps through, and there's two. No, and another multiple man jumps through, and it's like, "What are you doing? I got to stop you!" And then a little bit later, a whole crew of these different weird uh, uh, a Hulk version uh, of these characters, like a Wolverine, Deadpool kind of. It's like a Deadpool. weird cable, like a cable warlock yeah. kind of one. Uh, I can't. I can't tell if it was like supposed to be like yeah, a cloak it looks like version cloak and, from yeah. like cloak and dagger, or if it was supposed to be like a Doctor Strange one. Because I, it's just like a big billowy blue cloak, but then the Hulk one comes out, which made me think it was uh, cloak. Not and there's Doctor a Deadpool Strange, and a Cable yeah. version. Uh, do you know what the thing that I thought was the cleverest thing in this book is? Right in the beginning, when uh, he wakes up and they give him a sandwich, uh-huh. he takes a bite of that sub. And then he makes a face, and they show him pulling all the tomatoes yeah. out of it. I was like, that's, that's pretty funny. But then they show him again eating it, and it still has tomatoes in it. Well, <laughs> That's true. They do. I'm on that page right now. Um, I think this was a better use of the New Mutants than we had in his other New Mutants book, the, the Dead Souls, the whatever New it was Mutants called. Book. I can't remember. Yeah. Because it was the same writer, Matthew Rosenberg. Um, I feel like it's a better use of it, but it's still not not a great book. It isn't good, but there is a fun. It, and it does. It's not a fun quality book until he knocks out Bishop, yeah, and takes his thing. And then it was kind of like, 
well, this is just out of co- this. This is, it is out, out of control. control. Yeah. And then when all those other people show up, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Especially like when you see the first person show up, and he has the multiple man symbol on him, and I'm like, okay. So he's a weird multiple man yeah. version, and then more just kept popping mm-hmm. up. And I was like, it's fun. It's better than anything we've read lately with any of those characters. But I wouldn't mind reading issue two. If I didn't buy it, I have it. It's there. <laughs> I would read number two. And I think from number two it would definitely be the, am I going to continue on or am I jumping off of it? But I I didn't like it in the beginning, and then I liked it. And some of these books was that. I didn't like it in the beginning, and I hated it. Doctor Strange, I liked it in the beginning and then hated it towards the end. So I, I, I don't mind this book. I have no problem that it exists. It's $4. Woof. Yeah. Yeah, it's three ninety nine, and it's a five-part miniseries. Paul doesn't look at price. <laughs> I don't. I bought the issue already, <laughs> so right now I'm basically at the point of, like, if I buy it in trade, like, I sunk $6, and the trade's going to be 12 Like... Hey, you might as well just buy those buy issues. issues, right? Like, nine Unless more. you read issue... Have you read issue two? No, I... Oh, yeah, right. read issue two, and then, then make a decision. Make a decision, yeah. There we go. Like I said... <laughs> But I think it's fun. I think it's goofy. I think it's fun. Uh, I like the whole, like, Jamie beating up on Jamie. Like, Hank, listen to me. No, Hank, don't listen to me. Make the serum. Don't make the serum. And then the Avengers Jamie Madrox shows up. And they're all fighting because they are all after this Jamie that has caused so much grief and problems. So who knows what issue two holds. I should know because I should have read it already. But I didn't. Uh... I like it enough to buy issue two. <laughs> the same. Because <laughs> I'm looking at Justice League right now. Um, that's also a three ninety nine book. The first trade will be available November 13th and it's twelve ninety nine. So I'm kind of like, I want to read more of this, but I don't know if I... I think this is worth $4 more than Multiple Man is. I'd be willing to take my $4 more for a Justice League book, but... I don't know if I want to wait until November 13th to read volume one, though. And, like, eight issues of the singles are out currently. Uh, that's, I mean, that's uh, that, that's the thing is what's great about the three of us having different tastes of what you know that person will pick up. Like, you don't have to buy that multiple man book. Paul buys it. That'll be there. We all... Well, I would, I would but here's the thing. I wouldn't want to buy that multiple man book. To begin with, and the fact that it's four dollars exactly, so you don't have to worry about that. Paul is going to buy that book, so if you ever do want to read it, you have Paul's copy to read it. I wouldn't pick up issue two of Justice League, but you're willing to. So if you're willing to do that, I will possibly at some time read that. And if you tell me, "Hey, this is something you need to read," I'll definitely keep on reading. I was the one who continued on Saga and made a big deal like, hey, we should, you guys should continue reading that. You continued reading it because of that. Like, there's always, with the three of us, there's always been that, hey, you're missing out on this. Mm-hmm. You should read it. And we either 
love it or we hate it. Or but don't we, read it like Scott Snyder and Jock on Detective Comics together before the new 52. Yeah. And Paul, <laughs> Paul you, you read that and told us we should have been reading that. And we're <laughs> and like, ah, oh, it's Paul. Then he got Scott Snyder and Capullo together and you're like, wow, this is really good. I'm like, dude, it's the same stuff. But, so I mean, uh, Starman is definitely one of those yeah. things that you fell in love with and you said, hey, we should read that. I fell in love with that book. There's always the thing, the, dica- the dichotomy of the three of us and our tastes. There's always going to be that thing. I love Flaming Carrot. You two don't understand why. But there's something about it that resonates with me. Yeah. There's something that resonates with, uh, you know, Animal Man and Swamp Thing. Sorry, Paul, those are things that we understand you love that we've never gotten around to reading those two stories together. Yeah. And that's always how it's going to be. But the fact that now that we do everything digitally and there's the ability for us to at any moment read that thing that the other guy is buying, it's always going to be there. Yes, hey, I didn't want to read any more Justice League, but Chris kept buying it and said, hey, it turned... It's there for me to read, and I think that's the good thing about what what we do here. Yeah, and at least know, for us, uh, whether on the show you, or off the show, you know what else? Oh. And if you like what we do here, uh, you should. Oh, read I was going to say power ranking. Power ranking. We, we oh, got enough I, books I here. To, power ranking. Yeah, I wrote. I wrote. Good. I wrote right, down if my you books. wrote it down. Go for it. Okay, uh, my number one is Justice League. Wow, it's. No, it's a big action-packed event book, and it's yeah, it's four dollars. But if this came out as DC's big summer event and they were charging five bucks for it, I still would have picked it up. It was six bucks, you know. Like that first issue's got a lot going on in it. It's like the who's who of DC. Um, that's also why I have Justice League Dark as my number two. I think these are two really strong DC comic books, um, and as someone that week to week now when I'm doing my like monthly pull list I'm not picking up as many new books the books that I'm consistently buying from DC are my fallbacks it's my Green Lantern Nightwing Detective Comics uh, these are two new DC books that they've got me because it's interesting stories and it's great character work uh, my number three is Ant-Man and the Wasp I'm going to keep picking it up. I think Mark Way did a great job with Scott Lang. Uh, my number four is Ruined World. I'm looking forward to more of this uh, all-ages book. Number five, Hawkman. It's not great, but it's the best Hawkman story I've read in a few years. It's number six, Sword Daughter. It's an okay Brian Wood Viking book. Uh, seven, Multiple Man. Picks up a little bit at the back end, but it just took a while for me to get into it. Uh, eight, Doctor Strange starts off okay and then lost me and my number nine is the century because it just it didn't fire at all paul you got your list going or you- yeah i got my list it's going to be uh multiple man number one <laughs> uh just because of my affinity for the character and i thought it was a kind of a fun zany take on the character i love that he would ask for a serum to be created and then just immediately be like Screw this! I'm not waiting around. Skip. I'll go. I'll go into skip the, the line. When he's I'll done go, it. Yeah, exactly. And then that cause that time jump causes uh, a calamity to ensue, and then all the other calamities happen. And then I have to agree with uh, Chris. Uh, I think Justice League is a big event book. Uh, 
I'm kind of excited to see where it lands. But then again, it's DC where I feel like the landing point is just a quick jump off point. Like, I don't know if it'll really matter all that much. Uh, Sword Daughter, I enjoy, you know, I'm going to go Hawkman next. And then Hawkman so, number three. Number three. Wow. Because that was the best Hawkman book we've read in a long time. And I really did yeah. enjoy the idea of him going from place to place, like meeting up with all the people his past lives touched in his like quest to figure out I just his picked own up story. like the entire Jeff Johns run mm-hmm. on Hawkman for like a song on Comixology. Right. Is it good? Yeah, it was a really good series. Oh, okay. Chris bought it like he was. You were buying. He bought like the first two. Yeah, yeah. I, I bought the actual issues. Then I'll go with Sword Daughter number uh, one. I, I did enjoy just the you know quaintness of the like how quick the book was. I enjoyed the art on it. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp would be next, uh, followed by Ruin World, followed by I think Justice League Dark. It was better as the angry me being angry at magic then Doctor Strange continuing continuing my anger at magic in comic books and then lastly uh, the Sentry because that book just I don't care it doesn't it doesn't yeah. it doesn't need to be in it should be an Elseworld story yeah uh, I do there's big jumps between how... one <laughs> two three like they're there are big drop-offs between how, each number. How diverse we are. Because my number one would be Ruin World. Mm-hmm. My number two would be Ant-Man and the Wasp. Three would be Justice League Dark. Four, I would probably say Sword Daughter. Then Hawkman. Then a, a split between Justice League and Multiple Man. Ooh. And then to finish it off, Sentry and Doctor Strange. <laughs> strong books. Uh, but as Chris was saying, if you have an idea or you have a different uh, list, let us know over on the on our Facebook. Rate and review us over on the Facebook or wherever you listen to us. And as always, thank you for listening. Uh, we always try to make our <laughs> a, a, a weekly podcast, but uh, three guys, different lives. Uh, Look forward to a not episode uh, coming up next week. <laughs> yeah, eventually. We have that, but Chris, if you have time next week, uh, why don't we read? I'll pick up the rest of No Justice. Uh, let's read and review it for a not episode. Okay, I'm, it's my anniversary I'm for this it. week coming up, so I won't be able to record uh, this upcoming week. Ten days. He's got ten days that are blocked off for him and his wife. Yep. Starting Thursday.